The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And thank you for being here. 888 lot going on today, uh, including the fact that tonight we find out officially who the next Supreme Court nominee will be. Yeah, we've gotten some pretty strong clues as to who that, that might be. Especially from uh, Orrin Hatch. Now, I don't know. Either either Orrin Hatch on the Judiciary Committee should be in the know. Probably is in the know. So either he just let the cat out of the bag uh, accidentally. Or perhaps he leaked it on purpose to see how it would play. Or uh, maybe it's a diversion to get us off the actual pick and on to somebody else. I don't know. But over the weekend, he wrote an op-ed piece for the for the uh, local for one of the local papers, the Deseret News. And in it, he said, just as he did, speaking of Trump, just as he did with Neil Gorsuch, the president has promised to nominate an impartial judge, a wise and seasoned jurist committed to holding the, upholding the Constitution at all costs. But no matter the nominee's background or credentials. Progressives will do everything they can to paint her as a closet partisan, if not an outright extremist. And that's what they'll say about Amy Coney Barrett, that she's an extremist. She's a religious zealot. She doesn't belong on the court. She only has a year of experience. I mean, they're, they'll break out everything they possibly can, but that he used the uh, pronoun her <laughs> leads you to believe eh, just one person that could be. And that's Amy Coney Barrett, which would be great. Would be great. When Trump picked her as an appeals court nominee last year, she was grilled by Democrats about her religious background at her confirmation hearing. And Senator Dianne Feinstein said, quote, the dogma lives loudly within you. And that's of concern, unquote. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Kind of went through that last week. It's it is it a, a concern that she's religious? And if so, why? How in the United States of America is that a problem? Wow. Don't we have a First Amendment with an establishment clause? I, I think we do. And a and a religious liberty that's specifically spelled out in that First Amendment, and it's the first one for a reason. Because those are the most important things in a free society. And then, you know, the hypocrisy of uh, the left. When it's convenient for them. When they're speaking to clergy. They're the most, oh man, the dogma doesn't just live loudly inside them. It screams at the top of its lungs. And when that happens, you hear... Things like this from Nancy Pelosi. They ask me all the time, what is your favorite this? What is your favorite that? What is your favorite favorite And at one time, what is your your favorite favorite word? word? What is your word? My favorite word, Word that is is really easy. Easy. My favorite word word. is the word. The word. The the word. Is the word. Is the word. And that is everything. The word. It says it all for us. The word. 
And you horses. know the biblical reference. You, you know, know the, the gospel yeah. reference mm-hmm. of the word. Well, the word. It's the and, word. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that word. Word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is uh, We have to give voice, voice to what that means in terms of what does it mean? public policy that public, would be in keeping what? with the values. Wow. Does the religious dogma scream loudly inside of her? <laughs> there was not a peep from anybody uh, about Nancy Pelosi. The hypocrisy of these people. The inconsistency. It's, uh, it's kind of staggering, but they don't care. Because the media lets them off the hook. So everybody hoping that uh, that President Trump will, will pick Amy Coney Barrett, we're pretty encouraged. And although we again we don't know for sure if that's that's the direction Donald Trump is going. You would think you know he might have consulted with the Judiciary Committee. You you would think he might have spoken with Orrin Hatch. Uh, I don't know. But uh, Hatch wrote, as the senior member of the Judiciary Committee, I will fight to keep jurisprudence as the sole focus of our confirmation hearings. And I will devote all my energies to ensuring that we confirm the kind of Supreme Court justice America needs. A justice who says what the law is, not what she wants it to be. A justice who calls the balls and strikes instead of swinging for the fences. A justice whose foremost allegiance is to the American people and to the Constitution. So, we'll find out tonight. I mean, we don't have a lot, a long time to wait. It's what, 9 Eastern, so 8 Central? 7 Mountain, 6 on the Pacific Coast? 5 o'clock in Alaska, 4 o'clock in Honolulu, Hawaii. That pretty well covers, uh, you know, most of the places it would be interesting. Of course, it won't be until tomorrow the announcement occurs in the U.S. possession of Guam. Wow. Is, I mean, is that because we're afraid the island is going to tip over and uh, capsize? Yeah. And so... So it falls into tomorrow. Yeah, because if, if we announce early in Guam, everybody could just panic and rush to one side of the island. Yeah. And then they'd tip over and uh, capsize. Cap- See, it's a good thing that tomorrow doesn't occur yesterday in mm-hmm. Guam. Because mm-hmm. then everyone would rush to Guam because they're excited and they want to hear the news first. Right. And, and then, then it definitely would tip capsize. over and capsize. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. There you go. So are you excited? No, uh, I'm thrilled. Did you get the call this weekend? Did I get the call? To be a SCOTUS pick. Uh, not yet, no. I'm still waiting. I mean, there's still time. How, how did you not? I don't know. I would have thought that would have been a... Horrific over- oversight. Yeah. He may not, you know, he may just want to go with my initial impression, which be, would be to say yes. And he, you know, or no, frankly, um, mm. I, I don't want to give up my show. Really? So he might be thinking that <clears throat> if he gave me a lot of time to think about it, I might say no. And then if he asked me at the last minute, you know, maybe there's a better chance I would say yes. Well, listen, pretend and, Glenn isn't listening right now, okay? It's just you uh-huh. and me, Connie Chung, New Gingrich's mom, okay? It's just you mm-hmm. and me. Mics are off. Pat. If Donald Trump actually called you today and the president said, hey, I want you to be my Supreme Court justice I'm going to announce tonight, would you uh, accept mm. that? <laughs> would you? No, you can't do radio anymore, obviously. Right. Uh, Remember, and, Glenn's not listening. And I think based on that, I'd, well, the country's at stake. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say yes. Okay, but then you remember now, you have to live up in D.C. <clears throat> mm. Think this through, man. Mm-hmm. 
See, and that's why he just wants my initial uh, thought rather than <laughs> spending time to think of all the different possibilities. I got you. So I'm okay. sp- expecting it at about, I don't know, 7.30 our time tonight. Okay. When he gives the call. Will you text me if he does call you? Yeah, if I can remember. I'm not that good at test- texting, as you know. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, think of your friends. We're friends, right? Don't answer. Uh, okay. Um, so this is kind of strange because uh, there was nobody more Trump-tastic during the campaign than Ann Coulter. Best word. <laughs> Trump-tastic. I love it. She was absolutely Trump-tastic. <laughs> Out of all the... You think of everybody in the Trump-tastic universe. Sean Hannity... And Coulter, uh, just about everybody on Fox, uh, she was perhaps the lead Trumpasticist. <laughs> so now it's really you know that honeymoon seems to be over, and uh, she's actually said that one of his picks, uh, I believe it's Hardiman, is uh, on this like on the payroll of George Soros, something to that effect. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, really? Is that even, if that, if there's truth to that, he should absolutely be off the list. Um, but it's kind of hard to believe that that would be the case. Uh, I'm not sure where the final straw was for, uh, for what was the final straw? As I think back, I know it had something to do with immigration. Yeah, sure did. Was it DACA? I don't know. It might have been DACA. Yeah, I'll find out. She you. was really pissed off about DACA. Um, so now she is saying that that uh, Thomas Hardiman, who is a Third Circuit judge, uh, is a, he's a, she's accusing him of being subsidized. By George Soros. She tweeted out, if you're not picky about uh, Supreme Court nominees, can we please find one who hasn't been subsidized by George Soros? Then she tweeted out, now I'm less angry about the nominees than the people sending names to Donald Trump. How did Hardiman, subsidized by George Soros, get on the list? So she doubled down on it. Um, it and it's it's not entirely accurate, according to this article. Coulter linked to the donor list for Ayuda, a legal aid clinic that Hardiman used to work for. It specializes in providing help to immigrants in courts. As indicated uh, in his SCOTUS blog profile, he did do domestic violence, political asylum, and other kinds of cases for uh, poor Spanish-speaking clients. In the link provided by Coulter, the Open Society Foundation is listed as one of the ten to $25,000 donors to the organization. It's a roundabout sort of indirect funding of this guy, I guess. Subsidizing of this guy. This organization was founded by Soros. Ayuda Communications Coordinator Laura Trask told uh, Law & Crime in a phone interview that the group gave $30,000 since 2009, usually providing matching gifts, and she noted that the donor list should be updated. With that in mind, um, that wouldn't be anywhere near one of their most important donors. And, it's, it, and it really doesn't mean that Hardiman is subsidized by Soros. But she drew sort of a connection between the two. Yeah, 
I, I found an article from March of mm-hmm. this year when um, Trump signed the uh, omnibus spending bill and didn't have a cent in there for his wall. Yeah. That is apparently what really oh, set that, her off. Okay. And the quote from her is, I knew he was a shallow, lazy ignoramus and I didn't <laughs> care. And then, and then she... <laughs> And then she quoted him in a tweet. She quoted the president where he said, I will never sign another bill like this again. And she responded, yeah, because you'll be impeached. Wow. So she's got uh, some uh, resentment now for uh, wow. Mr. Trump. <laughs> but uh, but, but oh, don't forget, uh, though. Don't forget, strange. Don't forget really the, strange. The title of her book last year was um, uh, In Trump We Trust. Yeah, I think that was, was that the year before, maybe? Yeah. 2016. So she's... Uh, yeah, in, from In Trump We Trust, replacing God with Trump, and now <laughs> now she's saying his Supreme Court nominees are subsidized by Soros. Yeah. Kind of off the bandwagon, it would seem. <laughs> I think that's a way of saying it, yes. Uh, if you're interested in financial freedom, and really, who isn't? Uh, this could be the most important message you'll ever hear. On Thursday, July 9th, that's a week from this Thursday, so we got like a week and a half, Glenn is hosting a free online investment training broadcast special that could be really valuable to you. It's on a new asset class he personally has been investing his own money in, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you'd like to learn more about them, how you get involved, what the odds and opportunities are, you'd like some free investment training, Go to BeckCryptoShow.com, register register for this special free event right now. Uh, Tika Tuari from the Palm Beach Letter is going to walk you through the new case for Bitcoin. Now, there's a pretty strong case for Bitcoin. I remember when I first heard of it, it was $3 or something, a coin. And you you got in on the ground floor, right? (laughs) Don't I wish. Yeah, don't I wish. Because right now, what is it? It's it's usually kind of moving around the six to seven thousand dollars range. Yeah, it's at sixty seven hundred. Sixty seven hundred. It was at nineteen thousand something. And that's when you cashed out your three dollar bitcoins. Yeah, I wish. Okay. Again, I I wish. But here's your chance, though, to figure this whole thing out. Go to the go to Breck, BeckCryptoShow.com and register right now. It is free, but you need to register. Uh, and then you're going to hear all this great information from Tika Tawari. He'll give you the names of three cryptocurrencies that he recommends that you buy now. Plus, you'll get exclusive free training on this new market. You could turn a few hundred dollars into a small fortune. And you'll have the chance to take part in Palm Beach Letters' exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com right now and register for this free special event that's a week from this Thursday, July 19th. BeckCryptoShow.com Pat Gray only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed. Welcome. 888-727-BECK. Again, there's just a ton of stuff going on. I can't believe, uh, I probably should, but it seems out of the realm of possibility, that Hillary Clinton would run for president again. 
How many times does this country have to tell her, we don't want you? Nope. Uh, she apparently is hinting that she's up to something for 2020. Five times in the last month alone, she sent emails touting her super PACs in combating President Trump. Most seized on the headline events, such as the family separation issue at the border. Under the message line, horrific, she wrote in June eight, on June 18th, uh, this is a moral and humanitarian crisis. Every one of us who has ever held a child in their arms and every human being with a sense of compassion and decency should be outraged. She said she warned about Trump's immigration policies, of course, during the campaign of 2016. Three days later, she was back again saying that her group, Onward Together, raised $1 million and would split it among organizations working to change border policy, including the ACLU and a bunch of immigrant, refugee, Latino, and women's groups. And the day after Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy announced his retirement, she was back at it again. She introduced a newly minted resistance partner called uh, Demand Justice. It promises to protect reproductive rights, voting rights, and access to health care by keeping Senate Democrats united in opposing any conservative Trump nominee. <laughs> so reproductive rights. Fancy way to say, yeah, we want to continue to kill children. Voting rights is yeah we don't want we don't want people to have to bring an ID to the voting booth. That's just too much to ask of minorities. How insulting is that? You talk about racism. That's about as racist as it gets. That you believe that blacks and Hispanics can't obtain driver's licenses in this country? They do. They can. They have, which is why 80% of them support the practice. Of having to identify who you are. I don't know how they continue to, to babble about that policy when virtually all Americans are in favor of bringing an ID to the voting booth because we all know how important that is. We don't want non-citizens voting. The instant in-house nature of demand justice was reflected by the name of its executive director, Brian Fallon, who is Clinton's campaign secretary. Hmm. Huh. Huh. So everybody uh, who is paying attention to this kind of believe that this is a hint from her that she's going to run again in 2020. Hard to believe. She'd be what? She'd be 70, 72 or 73 years old. Uh, no, thank you. I didn't want her at 25 or 35 or 45 or 55. I certainly don't want her now. She would be 73 on election day of 2020. Mm. So. Uh, so does she win a rematch with Trump? I'm sure she thinks so. Because the sun was in her eyes <laughs> last time. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. she would have won. Yeah. But the sun got in her it eyes. It was, you know what? If it had been a cloudy day over most of the country. Yeah, that she's going to be fine. She would have been the president right yeah. now. Well, then there was the gust of wind. That threw everything off. Well, that only cost her Pennsylvania. I mean, don't don't sit here and make it sound like it was the whole country. Right. The wind was really isolated to the northeast. Yeah, I don't want to minimize, you know, all the inherent problems, that, and none of which were her fault. Mm-mm. 
because you know she's absolutely beloved in this country. Uh, survey after survey will show you that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. She reminds me of a former leader as well. Um, comes to mind whenever I think of Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. um, and that's one Winston Churchill. <laughs> because right? I mean, think about it. I mean, I mean, yeah. she's a polarizing yeah, figure, yes, mm-hmm. but so was Winston Churchill between the wars. So she compared herself to Winston Churchill, effectively. Uh-huh. I mean, she quickly said, "I don't mean that I'm." Comparing myself, please don't think I'm comparing myself. Because she knows how ludicrous she was doing it, but then she realized how Mm -hmm. unbelievably stupid it sounded coming out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to, yeah, she didn't want to be, she didn't want to feel that firestorm (laughs) because it was coming. (laughs) Yeah, that's who I think of. Uh, Yeah, every time. Yeah, it's been bugging me. I'm like, who does she remind me of? I mean, for 25 years, I've been thinking. And it didn't spring immediately from the time first time I saw her. I thought Winston Churchill. Well, is that Winston Churchill? And I'm embarrassed that I couldn't, (laughs) you know, actually formulate the the words Winston and Churchill. But thankfully, she did, and that's why I was like, yes. The only difference is the, uh, you know, the Mao pantsuit. Churchill never wore one because I don't think he could fit in them. Well, not in public. Uh, But um, (laughs) not in public, Pat. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that that's just, she was uh, talking to a British newspaper, so that's why the the British reference. Otherwise, mm. you know, it would have been George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or something. Oh yeah, uh huh. I do. <laughs> it is amazing though how uh, Churchill was despised by the Brits uh, immediately following. I mean, like as soon yes. as the war ended, it was over for him. Yeah, it's because after all he did, socialized medicine or whatever their bag was after the war. But yeah, they 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 they. They turned their back on him right before the war and mm-hmm. right after the war. You talk about a man for the time. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So thanks for coming to your senses for five minutes, Britain. Yeah, I love this. Uh, she said, I mean, I'm not comparing myself, but I'm just saying people <laughs> said that. <laughs> but, but he was right about Hitler, and a lot of people in England were wrong, and Churchill was a pain. He kept popping up all the time. So again, she compared him herself Wait, to people to, kept to, saying to that Churchill. Yeah, people Pe- kept saying that. People mm-hmm. kept saying that. I want to know which people compared you to Winston Churchill, one of the greatest leaders in human history. I could see where people keep saying that she's a pain because she keeps popping up all the time, and we're tired. Now of that now sick she and was tired referencing her. that oh, we got something, but <laughs> she wasn't. Of course, she was <laughs> referencing that. Triple uh, H. 933.93. More Pat Gray Unleashed uh, just around the corner. Let me tell you about a product uh, everybody here, everybody in my family loves. I'm seeing these little shotgun shell mm-hmm. uh, lip balms all over the place uh, because it's such good lip balm and it doesn't wind up uh, a messy glob of goo in your pocket at the end of the day. I love me some bomb shot. Uh, Wayne, who is the founder of Bomb Shot, developed this. Because he got lip cancer from constant sunburns over the years, and it became so severe, he actually had to have his bottom lip removed and and replaced. So that's the good news. It is replaced. But he was frustrated by the fact that he couldn't find decent lip balm that didn't wind up a gooey mess in his pocket at the end of the day. So in 2010, he took matters into his own hands, as good Americans do. And he started Balm Shot Lip Balm in Boise, Idaho. So it's an all-American-made 
great American company. And with summer here, you've got to protect your lips from the sun. Bombshot is here to help you do just that. Plus, we've got a great special for you, Blaze listeners only. Special offer. Go to bombshot.com. Use the promo code PAD. When you buy a two-pack, you'll get a third free. When you buy a four-pack, you'll get a fifth free. And when you buy a six-pack, they're going to throw in a free Bombshot logo baseball hat, too. Buy six, get a free hat, plus free shipping. That's bombshot.com. Promo code PAT. B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T dot com. Bombshot dot com. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Yeah, oh boy. The blue wave. Sweeping taxes. The blue wave. It's a blue wave. Wave of Democrat blueness. Yeah. Sweeping taxes. Turning Texas purple and, and then blue. I saw a Beto sticker. You know what? Yep. I saw two of them within about a block. Up to ten. That's double digits, man. On my way home from church yesterday. Yeah. There was one right in front of me. Then I switched lanes, passed him up. And there's one with... Uh, Beto in the lower left-hand corner of his back windshield <laughs> and on both sides of his trunk. That doesn't I mean, like, count. Do you value your car? What are you doing? Uh, no. That's just, come on now. No, so we're still at nine. That doesn't count. That doesn't count as two. No, it, but no, it was two. It was two. It was two different cars. Oh, it was two. I'm one sorry. One had three. Okay. The other had one. Losers. I mean, oh, okay. Like the ten. losers? Yes. Up to ten people. Come on. Ten, ten votes uh, Beto's going to get. Beto, 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 however you pronounce this, it's, it's still fake. Still amazing. Uh, Beto, 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 <laughs> Beto Max had like a uh, he had a five k run town hall or something. It was a running town hall. <laughs> so weird. Uh, and so <laughs> in this running town hall, uh, they talked to some of the supporters and and Beto himself. I'm new at this. I'm, I'm a citizen like, I don't know, five years ago. Okay. He stands for equality. And stands for equality. Latinos in my case. Wait, he stands for Latinos? Now, how do you, how do you figure that? Beto, the Irish American, stands for Hispanics. Uh. Thus, the Beto nickname. I, I honestly, they he claims this happened since he was a kid in El Paso. <laughs> I think this was done for this campaign. Beto is significantly behind in all of the latest polls. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has a good shot at winning this thing? I think so. I have, I have a feeling he does. No. We're back with some of the stragglers, but they're very enthusiastic. Now they're running. He's doing the running interview. In about a mile, we're all going to stop. Uh-huh. People are going to ask Beto questions. Wow. And, and he's, and he's going to answer them. So, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. 
Beto is so wonderful that when people ask him questions, <laughs> he's going to answer them. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> That's what a dream candidate. So wait, <laughs> let me get that process down because it's kind of complicated. When you stop running, like you're going to hold this town hall and people ask him questions and he answers them back. Wow. I mean, you're not going to get that anywhere. No, no way. I love this one, too, because here's another one of the supporters they talked to about this uh, big running town hall. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a libertarian, but I really do hope that he beats Ted Cruz because I'm tired of looking at Ted Cruz. Okay, please. You're not a Democrat. You're a libertarian, but you're going to vote for Beto O'Rourke because you're tired of looking at Ted Cruz. I mean, that's a libertarian principle. It's like when you get tired of looking at something, you change your principles. You're going to vote for a socialist because, but you're a libertarian. I see. Okay. Think of like Ted Cruz. He would never do anything like this. And that's important to know that Ted Cruz would never do a running town hall. (laughs) Because you know how important running town halls are. That's a new thing. You you can't be a senator unless you conduct a running town hall. I think that's in like the new oath of office. It's it like is. After you read the yeah, constitutional it, stuff it back is. to uh, Joe Biden or I guess Mike Pence now, then you also tuck in the whole, <sighs> I'll do two running town halls every uh, quarter. And it's, you know, this Beto hysteria is amazing. <laughs> and he's, he's, this has worked just like he wanted it to. You've got a Latino person saying that he rep, he stands for you. Why? Because he has, his first name isn't Beto, it's... What is his first name? Um, oh, yeah. His it's, actual first name. I looked this up, too, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, hold on. It's Robert Francis Beto Robert O'Rourke. Francis. So his name's Bob. I mean, it's Robert Francis O'Rourke. That's his name. <laughs> Robert Francis. Pretty Irish. Uh-huh. You know why? Because he's Irish. Oh, wait. He's Irish-American. He is not a Hispanic. <laughs> but... He calls himself Beto, Beto, a nickname for Hispanics, even though he is whiter than me. (laughs) It's an Irish American, Beto, but they call him Beto and uh, (laughs) and it's tricked people. Yeah. I still think he's going to lose by a lot. Although, if to read all of these articles, they act like he's got this unbelievable moment, momentum now, uh, and like he can't be stopped. The guy who wrote this uh, opinion piece for Politico ran with him, and was obviously so enamored of this guy because he's six four, he's in good shape, his nickname is Beto or Beto, um, and. You know, he did a running, he did a running town hall. Who does that? Uh, he writes, in between panting breaths, O'Rourke explains to me the origins of his nom- novel campaign event, which has him running several miles under the Texas sun, stopping in the middle to take questions and lingering at the end to pose for selfie- selfies. Beto said, some sadistic member of our team was like, so we're doing like six town halls a day in six different counties. We're driving hundreds of miles every day. We're visiting all 254 counties. What more could we do? Ah, get up earlier and have running town halls. So what a great, what a great idea that is. 
Um, but they're hoping this uh, momentum will put him over the top. Mm. Uh, this author writes, it's a lot to hope for. Cruz is among the country's shrewdest politicians. He may be reviled in Washington and on the left, but his approval rating remains above water in most of polls of Texas, which has not elected a Democrat to the Senate since 1988. Can you imagine if Beto or O'Rourke unseats Ted Cruz? First of all, I'd have to eat my underwear. Uh, secondly, it'd be a catastrophe for us. It'd be a catastrophe to lose a solid conservative in Ted Cruz and replace him with this, you know, so-called Democrat, but probably closer to a socialist like so many are today. He writes, but something is catching on here, fueled by millions in small dollar donations. O'Rourke is outraising Cruz. In recent weeks, President Trump's policy of separating migrant families detained at the border has given his campaign a jolt of moral clarity. And voters are responding in a way that Texas Democrats say they've not seen before in modern times. Over a weekend of campaigning in late June, O'Rourke drew thousand-strong crowds in 100-degree-plus heat. Two ambulances were called, and chants of Beto rang out, the sorts of scenes that are unheard of for a Senate campaign five months before the election. Texas, though, is still a big state with a lot of Republicans, and the race will test whether the only thing crazier than O'Rourke's crowds is the idea that a liberal Democrat can run, drive, and charm his way into Cruz's Senate seat. Hmm. That's something you really want to base your uh, vote on. Is uh, yeah. yeah, charm, yeah. charm, because it worked great in 08 and 2012, did it not? But look at that, look at that, look at that. Ted Cruz, look, he's ball. Look at that, he beat. Jimmy Kimmel, as you could see the image on the Blaze TV, he beat him one-on-one basketball. So um, did I, he? I'd actually like, yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. I think you were out. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. So so basically, Kimmel um, uh, was making fun of Ted Cruz a while back, and so Cruz challenged him to. And he uh, beat him. Yeah, he beat him. Ted Cruz beat him. It was. I guess it was a good. Uh, That's good great. Match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's anyway, great. I'd love to see uh, Beto take on Ted on the court. Well, do they? Uh, do they play basketball much in Latin and South America? Because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> strong Hispanic roots. I I don't know if basketball is their main thing there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, tell you what, Beto, let's uh, challenge you to a pub game <clears throat> since that's really your background. <laughs> yes. See how many potatoes you can grow as opposed to Ted Cruz. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, how pathetic is that? How the left has to be like, okay. Here's the thing. Ted Cruz is pretty popular in his state. What's something that he's got that we don't have a candidate that's got? Uh, well, he's Hispanic. I mean, look, his last name is Cruz, obviously. I mean, his father immigrated from Cuba. Um, we got to find somebody. Uh, let's slap a nickname on that young guy who was uh, at state rep from El Paso. Yeah, he's young. Uh, he can. He, he looks lean. He's got dark hair. He's got dark hair. So We'll pass him off as a Hispanic, and he'll get the Hispanic vote, 80 yeah. to 20 or something. <laughs> And let's call him Beto, or Beto, or Beto, <laughs> however you pronounce the Hispanic nickname. I've never heard of until Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's agonizing. So, I mean, the or oh, I'm sorry, as the great Neil Bortz used to recall, uh, he referred to it as Hispandering. Because uh, that's, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what, what it is. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. They asked him a bunch of questions. They did do a question and answer uh, session. Oh. And he was asked about the Supreme Court, and he said, we'll work with anyone 
essentially, as long as they agree with me. <laughs> I mean, listen to, I, I think it's at the end of uh, this. I'm not a Democrat, I'm a Libertarian. But- no, that's not that one. Um, where when I put the, he's, he's got this question answers. Uh, well, I'm going to have to find it because it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. We'll work with it. it. It was, it sounded exactly like what used to come out of Barack Obama's face oh, all the time. Sure. I'm willing to work with anyone. I'll work with Republicans, work with the GOP. As long as they, uh, as long as they don't start spewing extremist rhetoric. <laughs> In other words, as long as they agree with you. Yeah. Uh, on how on how the bill should be written or what should be done, then you'll work with them. But if they bring to you conservative ideas, then you just discount them as extreme. That's this exact same thing Beto did here. Hmm. We'll work with anybody as long as they agree with me. Okay, well, you're quite a uniter, aren't you? <laughs> and, <sighs> and he said that uh, as far as the Supreme Court nominee, he'll vote for any of them. As long as hmm? they believe that Roe v. Wade should not be imperiled. Okay, Roe v. Wade is, is settled law. Hmm. Uh, they've got to believe in Obamacare and can't overturn that. I mean, I'm like, okay. Like Susan Collins is running. Is this, yeah, same, Ted Cruz's same seat. crap as all the liberal Republicans and every Democrat in office. Hmm. I'm hoping that maybe like uh, Manchin from West Virginia. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe Manchin is a holdout from the Democrats and will vote with the Republicans on this. Only need fifty. Mike Pence will break the tie. And we, yeah, we don't, we don't even know if McCain is going to be in any kind of shape to vote. Well, McCain's not going to vote. McCain for might anything. not even vote. He won't. Well, he won't vote for, for anything that Trump supports. Right. I mean, seriously, I mean, That's he has proven problem. that that is his principle. Yeah. If he has to fly in to defeat a uh, Supreme Court uh, nominee, he will. But uh, so right now it's what uh, fifty-one to forty-nine. Fifty-one forty-nine. So you can lose one. So vote. if if you have Susan if you take Collins. away McCain, and McCain, so then you got fifty-fifty. But you've yeah. got um, Mike Pence, well. so he would break the tie. If it's fifty forty-nine in favor of the Democrats, you got Mike Pence to tie, but you can't win. So so that's not a good scenario. We can't lose Susan Collins. And that's why I think Amy Barrett would be a great choice. I, to me, probably tougher for her to vote against uh, confirming a woman than a man. Don't you think? Because that's... What do you mean? I, I thought uh, thought it was sexist not to push through a woman here. You got a chance for this to be the third woman on the court. Fourth woman on the court. Yeah. Right? You got Ginsburg, Sotomayor, mm-hmm. Kagan, mm-hmm. and this would be number four. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, when I was a kid, there had never been a female Supreme Court justice until Sandra Day O'Connor. Right. That would have been a Republican kids that uh, that nominated her, by the way. Name of uh, Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Mm-hmm. So for, for those keeping score at home. Think about that. We, we've gone from zero, just in the last few decades, uh-huh. to what could very possibly be four of the nine. Pretty, um, pretty amazing. So. Yeah. I just, I mean... Got a big chance here. So we'll see. We'll see tonight uh, if it does turn out to be Amy Barrett. And then, you know, the confirm- confirmation process should be fascinating. Oh, it's going to be great because um, our country is so um, mature yes. and capable of hand- handling conflict and disagreement that it's going to work. It's going to be fine. It's just right. going to pass by. It's not, you're not even going to notice a blip on the news radar. 
Uh, all right, let me tell you about a product I, I love. Uh, it's called Field of Greens, and it's from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, finally gave this a shot several months ago, and this is the only way I get a vegetable intake in my diet. Every scoop gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables, and they're pre and probiotic. They boost your immune system, and they have antioxidant power. The thing is, it's not extracted from anything. It's real food. And you just take one scoop, put it in eight ounces of water. It flavors it. It sweetens it. It tastes really good, even in just water. Or you could put it in a shake or a smoothie, and you're going to have just more energy during the course of the day. Plus, you have that good feeling that you're actually getting some nutrition in your diet, which is fantastic. Go to BrickHousePat.com and give it a try. Try Field of Greens today. Get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com Pat Gray Unleashed On the Blaze Radio Network Called him Beto, nickname for Hispanics, even though he is whiter than me. Oh, yes, he's Beto. Or is it Beto? It doesn't or is matter. it Beto? <laughs> Actual name is Bob. Can we start calling him Robert Francis on the show? We should. Let's just call him Robert, Robert Francis. Francis O'Rourke. Yeah, so how's he polling Shot and begotten. It's Robert Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> Tis a fine day for Robert Francis. I'm going to look up the latest poll. Hold on a second. Let's see. Uh, it's right now running at... Um, now, see, this is the last poll. They, they said he's five points ahead. I, this one says eight point eight two okay and this was in june 22nd it was double digits a couple weeks ago if i remember right oh no i mean he's catching fire it's, yeah he's it's, on it's fire it's there's, running... a blue, there's a blue wave it's well, a blue wave it's it's the impact of those running town halls that's doing it yes so yes triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three with your thoughts or pat unleashed on twitter muffer squish says uh scotus would have the authority no, SCOTUS Pat. SCOTUS Pat. See, if you're in the Supreme Court, which everyone knows right. you're getting the call about five minutes before airtime tonight when Trump makes the announcement. SCOTUS Pat would have the authority to finally go on a cruise. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that's true, but maybe. Uh, millennial, Millennium Falcon says Ann Coulter won't be happy until the border wall is built. In similar news, I will not be happy until I get to see Pat and Stu eat their underwear. Keith, what say you? Uh, No. No. If there's money involved, then I'll talk. But seeing me eat my underwear would also mean that Beto O'Rourke is the new senator from Texas, which would be... uh, That's catastrophic. (laughs) Uh, Rainbomb... Rainbomb Flying Griever? Flying River. (laughs) Flying River. Why can I never get that right? Yeah. Rainbomb Flying River, because it was an Al Gore thing. Yeah. Not just the sun in her eyes, the gust of wind, but also the laces weren't out, too. Oh, for Hillary not becoming president. That's the last excuse that she hasn't used. Marino. She doesn't know about the laces not being out. Otherwise, she'd use it. (laughs) 
Is that a thing? <laughs> okay, that, I'm, my next speech, including the laces, weren't be, weren't out. Uh, conservatarian Lori, he's doing a running town hall. Who does that? <laughs> An idiot with nothing better to do. Ted is busy with the Constitution. Yeah, it's Robert Francis she's referring to, Mr. O'Rourke. Robert Francis. <laughs> I, and I love. <laughs> and the interesting thing about this is when you see the yard sign and when you see the bumper stickers, yeah. the only name on them is Beto. Yeah, in all caps. All caps. With an exclamation Beto. Mark. Everybody's for Beto. They don't even mention O'Rourke, the most Irish name you could possibly have. O'Rourke, and you're trying to pawn yourself out off as a uh, as a Hispanic. It, it's so obvious what he's doing. Nobody knows on this side of the state who the heck Beto O'Rourke is. <laughs> so it's fascinating to me that he just puts the one name as if that's totally acceptable. And the reason he's doing it is because he wants to appear Hispanic. I tell you, I am I am thinking about taking a drive. To New Mexico in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I could mix in some uh, show research and maybe get an extra day off because it's not that short of a drive, Pat. And I'll report back to see if there's a, a blue wave out west where he's from. You mean to do that? Mm-hmm. All right, you just said I could have an extra day off. I don't know if you just <laughs> caught that, but no, seriously, I, I do plan on going out there, and I'll let you know. You're going if to it's different. New Mexico, or are you going to El Paso? Uh, just on the other side of El Paso. Okay, that's a that's a long drive. I know that's why I need that extra day off wow. for show research purposes, uh-huh. sir. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Hector in Texas, you're on the blaze. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Hey, I took it off. Uh, I'm here. I uh, I work for the post office. I deliver mail, so it's uh, a few thousand houses a week, mm-hmm. and up, I'm up to sixteen signs of a sixteen or sixteen. Are you in? Are you in El Paso? Is that where you live? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So 16 signs in El Paso. <laughs> yes. All right. That's... And that's, that's counting cars and uh, yard signs. <laughs> wow, that's a blue so, wave, uh, Hector. That's a blue uh, wave. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drown, I'm telling you. <laughs> Another thing that Beto, Beto lied about was that uh, El Paso doesn't need a fence when uh, Trump uh, was using that, you know, to get elected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for your information, El Paso has two fences, from Fabens all the way to uh, New Mexico. The crime rate, crime rate uh, drops, mm-hmm. and uh, auto theft drops, so he's so full of crap, his eyes are brown. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So, but the name, is it is it pronounced Beto or Beto or Beto? Be- Beto. It like is Beto. Roberto. Beto, okay. Yeah, because they, they, yeah, they use it as the Spanish name Roberto instead of Robert. That's about as Mexican as he gets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Hector. Appreciate it. Mm. Why, and, you know, I mean, there's, isn't that cultural appropriation? <laughs> Why would a white family culturally appropriate that name? I don't understand it, but I thought that was wrong to the left. I mean, think about this, though. Hector is a, is a mailman. Who and he's and he's in El Paso, in where El Paso. he's from. So he's walking around. He's doing his route or what have yeah, you. Yeah. If anybody's gonna see if he's catching fire out there, it's gonna be Hector. Gonna be an El Paso route. mailman, postal man. I mean, postman. Whatever he wants to we call. We should set an over under on what percentage of the vote we think that uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke is going to get in <laughs> November. What do you think right now? Where should we set it at right now? Uh. 
Maybe I shouldn't ask you. Don't jinx it. 38%. I like that number. Let's do that. Write it down. Write it down. We'll see if it happens. Uh, Derek in Florida, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, guys. I don't, I don't care how you're doing. Isn't there some humorous irony to the fact that the Democrat savior Obama removed the bust statue of Churchill from the Oval Office, but Hillary thinks that she resembles them the most? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. It just shows you that at whatever moment, they, they're just chameleons. They change to fit the viewpoints and, and the ideology of the people they're with if they're with religious people they're all of a sudden religious if they're with brits they're all of a sudden british pat gray unleashed on the blaze radio network is here on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, I was talking about the running town hall that Beto sponsored over the weekend. So he runs a couple of miles, stops in the middle, and people ask him questions, and then he answers them. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Who saw a scenario like that coming? <laughs> and, <laughs> That's amazing. I can't take it. So that happened. And uh, here's some of the questions and, and some of the answers. He's going to answer them. He's going to answer them. Um, questions, comments, yes. Yes, this heat reminds me of global warming. What is your position on renewable oh, energy? We need to up. have a town call in Spanish in Fort Worth. The Supreme Court vacancy comes up, and if you're in the majority, what do you think we should do? We need a court that understands that when it comes to democracy and one person, uh-huh. one, one vote, vote, we'll work with anyone, anytime, anywhere, including this administration. Oh. As long as oh, these basic goals of ensuring that there is justice, precedents oh. like Roe versus Wade stand up right now. <laughs> Again, as long as they, he agrees with me on every position, I'll work with anybody. Anybody who believes exactly like I believe, ah, oh, I'm going to, you bet I'll stand with them. Yeah, what do you want, man? Is that not good enough for you? Oh, no, it's I mean, really not. it's precedent. Uh-huh. I mean. He has to understand precedent. <laughs> he doesn't have to understand the Constitution. He has to understand precedent. What did we rule before? Okay, well, if we ruled that way before, we've got to rule that way now. <laughs> how, how do they possibly think that's the way to do it? How could you possibly believe that and was there a line at some point in history where precedent stopped being applicable like like when did it start you know like when, when because it obviously you know in in, in the case of uh, dred scott it, i mean it, it, are right? we are we gonna go on that precedent good, too good thing, good thing we didn't good thing there was a supreme court that said you know what this is wrong and i don't care about precedent that's unconstitutional and they stopped it that's you if you were to base everything on precedent, this what? would be a pretty crappy country. <laughs> Thank you. Jeez. I, I, wow. But that's the mindset of the left. They're inclusive and diverse uh, and tolerant of everybody who believes exactly what they believe. Now, if you don't, then they're going to attack you and harass you in public. Uh, then you're in there. You're, then you're in for a, a really hard time. Everywhere Mitch McConnell goes now, it seems like there's uh, crowds of douchebags waiting for him. Um, in fact, let's look at that now, and then we'll go to uh, 
888 between doing these two shows. It's screwed up my phone thing. Um, so here's, here's uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell being harassed again coming out of a restaurant in Kentucky. You out! Yeah. Vote you out! Where are the children? Vote you out! Vote you out! Where are the babies, Mitch? Where are the babies, Mitch? Where are they? Vote you out! Oh, that's right. They were aborted by these idiots. Vote you out! Vote you out! Vote you out! Vote you out! Real creative. Yeah, we know where you live, too, Mitch. Oh, nice. We know where you live. Yeah. Yeah. We know where you live, Mitch. This is pathetic. Abolish ice. Abolish ice. Abolish ice. Abolish ice. You did good. You did good. Fellow citizens, you did good. Yeah, that was great. That was great. You bothered and harassed a, a man coming out of a restaurant. You did really good. Yelling stupid things at him. Where are the babies, Mitch? Well, they weren't born because you people, that's what I would have turned around and said to him. The babies? Really? You want to know where the babies are? The 60 million, all of you idiots supported being murdered in the last 45 years? They're gone. They're not on this planet. That's where. Douchebags. Wow. Uh, yeah, that we mean, know where you live, Mitch. We know where. We, what is that? A threat, right? That's now an you're implicit gonna, threat. Going to come to my house? Federal official. Yeah, that that seems to warrant a visit from the Secret Service, if you ask me. That's pretty aggravating. You but, know where you live? Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, the the guy saying you did good, fellow citizen, instead of you did well, that was equally <laughs> aggravating. Just saying. <laughs> that did tweak me as well. Remember our uh, list from last week. Yeah, that was that. Was that not on there? <laughs> it was on there. Yes, it was. Uh, Tom in New Jersey, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hello. Hey. I'm wondering about this Amy Barrett lady and her experience. How long she's actually been a judge? Yeah. It seems to me as though she's really being brought on. Kind of. I mean, just in proposal form. Like, who knows if she'll be picked? But it's just to rile people up, call people baby murderers do kind of odd things they wouldn't ordinarily do unless they had a chance to affect with even kind of really scary religious fervor who should be on the Supreme Court. Because I thought a lot of people escaped Catholics coming to this country to practice Protestantism. And that's when the Indians were really nice and took us on as refugees and said, okay, your country is full of religious tyranny. And you should come here, and you'll be cool as long as you don't just ravage us. But, you know, I'll take my answer offline. Take care, guys. I'm not sure what the question is. Did you get the question there? What's the question? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the question? Seems to me he's opposed to Amy Coney Barrett. Is that like, what, what that kind of, the what gist kind of judicial of that was? experience or what have you? Right? Yeah. Like what's and her background? Religious zealotry. Zealotry. Mm-hmm. 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 So okay. Uh, it's going to click the first article that comes up, and I'm going to let you know. Uh, so, mm. uh, oh, this is from SCOTUS blog. Okay. So. The uh, things he were he was talking about were from SCOTUS blog? No, nah, no, nah, just, just information about Amy Barrett there. Oh, all uh, right. She grew up in uh, Louisiana. Not terribly compelling, but so okay. That's not helpful? No. Mm-mm. She uh, 
there anything else? Graduated from Rhodes. Uh, went to law school at Notre Dame. Full tuition. Right. Wasn't she a professor at Notre Dame too? Or was she? Don't challenge me on the All air right. pad. I think she was. Um, wow, look was at that. Professor. She had uh, two. Oh, look at that. She she was, yeah, well, she was with uh, Scalia. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. She yep, was, she uh, clerked for Scalia. It was good enough yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Catholic, as you know. She's Catholic. Well, yeah, weren't we escaping from Catholics? Mm-hmm. Not exactly. We were escaping from the uh, Church of England, which was somewhat different. So, oh, look at this. Hey, she was confirmed 55 to 43 with three Democratic senators. Oh, wow. Uh, Tim Kaine, uh-huh. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Look at that, huh? Joe so he Manchin. has precedent. There you go. Voting for her. And who else? Who was the third? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, two Democratic senators, Claire McCaskill and uh, Robert Menendez, did not vote. Uh, Joe Donnelly was the third, by the way. So Joe Donnelly, hmm. Tim Kaine, and Joe Manchin. I'll bet they won't be on board this time, though. Hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, so if you we'll get see. Manchin again, which yeah. I yeah. think is a... Which is possible. Isn't it an election year for him? I don't know. I don't know either. I think it might be. Um, then, Hope so. Then, then you feel some pressure there, and then you, then you have room to lose McCain and um, Susan hey, Collins. Right, right. Now, I haven't heard Murkowski comment on this yet, uh, but you would think she probably she's probably of the same mind that susan collins is those two are usually in pretty lockstep they you know they tend to be the rebels the non-republican republicans of course what is a republican even anymore i don't know Hmm. nobody seems to have any care or concern about principles and values they just want that r or the d after their name i mean you look at democrats they're really socialists you look at republicans they're really what democrats used to be Hmm. That's kind of where we are right now, sadly. Manchin is up for re-election, and as the headline on the Washington Times says, he's in a lose-lose situation. That's right. Who are you going to make up more upset? The Democratic leadership in the Senate or your base that's got to re-elect you in the fall? Good luck with that, Joe. It's a tough one. <laughs> I like it. I mean, we're so polarized that it's it's really it's difficult right now. It's really tough. For a guy like Joe Manchin, who's still a somewhat moderate Democrat, who's still a real Democrat. He's not a socialist. And you can work with those people. You can work with actual Democrats. It's just almost impossible to act to come together with socialists in this country. Unless you believe we're a democracy, which, of course, is code for socialists now. <laughs> it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's just really... We're in a tenuous position here. And this decision is... Really important. Uh, They were kicking it around yesterday. Uh, David Gregory and Jeffrey Tubin talking about debating a little bit the Supreme Court nominees. It's also this idea that it has to be somehow results oriented as opposed to qualifications Mm -hmm. and judgment. That's Mm -hmm. what you should be reviewing here instead of being able to divine a particular result. But that's where there's so much focus. Well, but but that's where I actually think it's a good I think being results oriented is is a good idea. I mean, I I think we should be talking about whether Brown v. Board of Education. I'm sorry, whether uh, Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. I mean, I think that's what matters on the Supreme Court. You know, I think it's wonderful that Thomas Hardiman drove a cab to go through law school. But ultimately, so what? You know, I mean, what really matters in what these justices do is how they vote. And we go through this process 
And, and, you know, we hear all this biographical stuff, and Sonia Sotomayor, you know, grew up, you know, poor in the Bronx, and, uh, you know, and Neil Gorsuch is a wonderful skier and is very proud of that. <laughs> like, who cares about any yeah, of this Yeah, but stuff? Jeffrey, but then, then, then you get into a cycle of you're going you're gonna to punish people because of their views. This is, this is why we have presidential elections. If the president right. wants to appoint somebody who may overturn Roe v. Wade, I mean, that's why we have elections. You Gregory, think, you think both sides exactly. could have the skiing thing. Once no, you Right. <laughs> Once you go to skiing, Gregory gets really, really oh, no, upset. No, here. but I, I agree with I would agree with that, 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 you know, elections have consequences. But let's talk yes. about them. Let's have a confirmation process where we talk about whether we want Roe v. Wade Haven't to be overturned. We're doing that right now. What do you mean? Let's talk about them like nobody's talked about this. Of course, we're, we've been talking about it since the second after Justice Kennedy announced his his retirement. Oh, but let's talk about them. It's like all the people who say, we need to have a conversation about race. That's all we've been doing. 888-900-3393. Never been a better time for you to achieve financial freedom through Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. If you don't know really what to do, like you're confused, is it too late? Should I get in now? Go to BeckCryptoShow.com and you can register for Glenn's special free live online investment training broadcast event. It's on July 19th. That's a week from this Thursday. And Glenn will be interviewing former hedge fund manager, number one cryptocurrency trading expert, Tika Tawari from Palm Beach Letter. For the first time, Tika will share new facts about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that you'll never hear about in in other media sources. He'll also reveal the big event unfolding behind the scenes that could push cryptos to new highs. He's, he's got the names, and he's going to reveal them. Three cryptocurrencies he re- recommends you should buy right now. So this could be the chance you've been waiting for. You can also take part in Palm Beach Letters' exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Don't miss the opportunity. It's free. You just have to register for it. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com. Register right now for, for this exclusive broadcast event. You don't want to miss it. Register for free right now. BeckCryptoShow.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, what a world. Apparently, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez changed her, uh, her, her campaign, changed the bio after, you know, the truth about where she grew up was revealed. Uh, so she can't be quite as you know humble as she was before (laughs) nice i i didn't grow up okay i i wasn't a poor black sharecropper i i that that's not work (laughs) i grew up in yorktown heights so okay never mind it's like down the road yeah sharecropperville (laughs) yes it is uh so she claims that she's from the bronx um but she was criticized for misleading voters 
And it's not, you know, it's not like she grew up in Beverly Hills, but it was nicer than where she claimed to be from. Couldn't you just be honest about that? You know, I had a middle-class upbringing. We, we weren't dirt poor, but, you know, we weren't super wealthy either. As the uh, Journal News noted, Ocasio-Cortez's campaign biography originally stated she ended up attending public school 40 minutes north in Yorktown, and much of her life was defined by the 40-minute commute between school and her family in the Bronx. Except she lived in Yorktown. So that's not quite true, (laughs) is it? It's like just down the street, man. So the uh, girl from the Bronx thing was a little dishonest because they moved away when she was five years old. They moved about an hour north to what is described as the ritzy suburb of Yorktown Heights in Westchester County, one of the wealthiest counties in the U.S. The website biography has been updated now, but it still doesn't explicitly state that Ocasio-Cortez's move was permanent. She ended up, now it says... She ended up attending public school in Yorktown 40 minutes north of her birthplace. Wait, I thought... I just said down the road. I thought that much of her life was defined by the 40-minute commute between school and Yorktown, you know, to, between your, the, where, where her family lived in the Bronx uh-huh. and the school in Yorktown. Now, all of a sudden... Uh-huh. Uh, no. As a result, much of her early life was spent in transit between her tight-knit extended family in the Bronx and her daily student life. <laughs> still misleading. It still doesn't say she lived in Yorktown and just went to school down the street. This is pathetic. So now her life is defined, I guess. Uh, visiting relatives where she was born a few miles away. Come on. According to the Journal News, records indicate Ocasio-Cortez lived with her mother and brother in their Yorktown Heights home until 2016. She's, wait, she's 28? She lived there till she was 26? Huh, okay. She is a millennial, after all. Ocasio-Cortez was two years old when her father, Sergio Ocasio-Roman, Uh, bought a modest home in Yorktown for $150,000. The family lived in the Parkchester section of the Bronx at the time and moved to the house in Yorktown a few years later. Her father died in 08, just as she was starting her sophomore year at Boston University, which, by the way, cost $75,000 a year tuition. The house was deeded to her mother, the executor of her father's will, in 2012. Westchester County land records show that Ocasio-Cortez was living there with her mother and brother in 2016 when they sold the home for $355,000. Okay, again, not Beverly Hills, but it's not South Central LA either. She has since moved back to the same Parkchester neighborhood in the Bronx where she was born. (laughs) I love this. So... What an interesting way to continue to deceive people from this honest, open, wonderful, vibrant, beautiful, 28-year-old millennial democratic socialist. Who's going to win? 
Who is who is going to win? I mean, it's not like a Republican yeah. is going to win that seat. I was looking. No, up there's the, no chance. The lines in the district are are you know fresh from I think around ninety two. So if you just <laughs> go off of that, it's been solid Democrat mm-hmm. since it's yeah inception. by a lot. Yeah, by a lot. And so like I, I was looking up to see how much the last guy won that she beat. I mean, if anyone thinks that she's not already a congresswoman, you're wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's going to win this seat. Um, it's fascinating. I love how the original bio says she ended up attending public school 40 minutes north in Yorktown, and much of her life was defined by the 40-minute commute between school and her family in the Bronx. Ended up? Did they just, like, draw the district really strangely there in New York? I mean, she ended up. I mean, it was crazy. And now she ended up attending public school in Yorktown, (laughs) 40 minutes north of her birthplace. Yeah. Somebody got carried away with those uh, school district lines, huh? As a result, much of her early life was spent in transit between her tight-knit extended family in the Bronx and her daily student life, where she also happened to live. It wasn't just her student life. She lived there. So they're still lying. They're still misleading people. That's amazing. But it's fine. Yeah. You know, she'll still be elected. The people who voted for her are still going to vote for her. Absolutely. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, wow. So- she lied to us? Let's go to the Republican now. Uh, I, You know, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I'd rather- but it should. Yeah. It should happen. It's so pathetic that you can get away with this. And if this was a Republican, this would lead the news broadcasts oh. everywhere. Oh, it'd be scandalous. And the people on The, the, uh, the View would be bashing her now mm-hmm. because she went, she went on their show and lied to them, essentially. I mean, this is just a flat-out lie. It's not You're not just misleading people. You're lying for political purposes. <laughs> Trying to claim a, a harder life than you actually had. And that your life was defined by that 40-minute commute. Why? Because you saw so much injustice between home and school? Is that, is that what we're supposed to believe? Oh, during that 40-minute commute, yeah. man, the things she saw... The piles of dead bodies from people who didn't have health care, from people shot with evil guns that were designed only to kill, uh, from, from people who tried to take away women's reproductive rights. Oh, it just, uh, the horror of what she saw during those 40 minutes every day. Well, she's probably to find her life. Yeah, well, sure. She probably sat in traffic a lot. Yeah. Right? There's probably uh-huh. some bumper-to-bumper going on there. Sure. And then, you know, you're just sitting there. You're just sitting in there. traffic. All you can do is look and see the de- the mm-hmm. piles of dead bodies outside mm-hmm. your window. That might have actually caused some of the traffic congestion. The piles of dead bodies in, in the road. In the roadway. Spilled over because mm-hmm. there were so many of them. Yep. Exactly right. Hmm. So that's how her politics and her life was defined. That's why she became a socialist. Mm-hmm. She knew then because of all the people turned away. When they needed critical health care, they were told, leave, leave now. We don't want you here and we don't care about you. Go out in the street and die. Just die. And they did. And they did. And they did. And she had to see that when she was She had what, to see five? it every day during that 40-minute commute from the Bronx to her school that defined her life. Tell you what, man. That is a rough childhood. Let's, let, let's reward her with really a seat rough. in Congress, shall we? Yes. I think so. Absolutely. Let's get her. I mean, she's already got the seat, but um, let's all thank 
uh, the stars above that I mean, she's there because her life was defined by a that hard life, hard, hard 40 minute commute <clears throat> where she saw the piles of dead bodies every day. <laughs> Good for her for keeping her sanity. That's all I can say. I say we eliminate the law that says you got to be 35 to run for president. Just let her run right now. Just let her run. Go directly to the presidency. Should we change the election year yes. cycle as well? If we need to, yes. Yes. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, losing weight and keeping it off could be a real struggle. Not as big a struggle, obviously, as the 40-minute commute from the Bronx to Yorktown Heights. Nothing could be that hard. Uh, but we can make it a lot easier for you. With Riduzone, um, Riduzone can help you lose weight because it's a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. You take this, and it boosts your metabolism, and it reduces your appetite. So if you've hit that age where nothing seems to work for you, it's time to try Riduzone. Order it today at riduzone.com. Just enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com, promo code PAT, for 30% off a three-month supply. It's time to make it happen. Let Riduzone help you get over the hump and finally get this done. And then keep the weight off. Riduzone.com, promo code PAT, for 30% off a three-month supply. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Where's the pig? I don't know. Where's the pig, Jeffy? Uh, time for know. Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Uh, sponsored by UseWaxRx.com. Free mm. shipping with uh, the promo code radio. Professional cleaning done at home. UseWaxRx.com. No, Keith, you did not okay Keith to have pig rights, did you? No. Okay, no. Okay, good. Uh, congratulations to Boston. Good news coming out of the city of Boston. Uh, mm. They're going to weigh uh, giving uh, legal non-U.S. citizens voting rights. Oh, oh yeah, good. I saw good. Uh, really good. Um, <laughs> Finally. Non-U.S. citizens uh, living in the country legally may one day be allowed to vote mm-hmm. in Boston elections. The city council holding a hearing tomorrow mm-hmm. on the idea of the request by uh, Andrea Campbell, the president of the Boston City Council. Uh, she wants a hearing. She says that more than 190,000 foreign-born residents, which represents 28% of the city population, it also says non-U.S. citizens paid $116 million in state and local taxes, generated $3.4 billion in spending. Oh, okay, well. Oh, and they, they took nothing out of the system. It, it was only uh, a benefit. Only, it was only a cash benefit. So, I, mean, that, I mean, that goes without the saying. More that's what the more illegals you have. Didn't. Now, this just says foreign-born. It doesn't say that they're here illegally. But um, no non-citizen. I don't care if they're here permanently or not. No non-citizen should be able to vote in our elections. I mean, they're not really supposed to, right? Now, right. Hang on. This is okay. Massachusetts. Right. It's not even get any worse than the people that live there already do. Ugh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a slippery slope, Keith. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I also love how it specifies state and local taxes. Yes. Did they not pay federal yeah. taxes? No. <laughs> Maybe they did with the illegal social mm. security number. I'm not sure. What I usually hear when uh, you hear people defending the fact that they pay taxes is, well, they pay sales tax. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, because you can't get the product out of the store without paying sales tax. <laughs> so Unless you steal it. Right. Which they so, obviously aren't doing because they're no, they're upstanding, good, decent, hardworking family people. Sounds like you who, support right. the fair tax. Cannot be separated from their families. Thank you. Now Americans can if they commit crimes, but not our no, friends don't start, from don't, elsewhere. Don't, 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 don't even don't, don't do me. Don't, Jeffy, don't. don't. But you support you the fair tax now, obviously. I can just uh, tell obviously not. By please how don't even this. don't even say the phrase fair tax. Finally, we got please. a little bit of good news from uh, you know from our uh, confrontational. I know you played uh, the uh, Mitch McConnell confrontation again, yep. walking out of the road, agonizing. Yep. Well, the this weekend the uh, Richmond uh, bookstore owner that called police after a woman started uh, this I like. giving Steve Bannon a mm-hmm. problem at his bookstore, mm-hmm. um, Nick Cook, owner of Black Swan Books. In the fan district said, look, the bookstore Saturday afternoon, the woman confronted him, calling him a piece of trash. She wouldn't leave. He mm-hmm. told her to leave, get out of here. She wouldn't do it. So he called 911. Uh, she left. That's awesome. She left before the police came. His That's comment awesome. was, I know, we are a bookshop. Bookshops are all about ideas and tolerating different opinions and not about verbally assaulting someone. Thank you. Amen. That's that's great. Now, the police There's showed, a businessman. I know. You know? I know it's it's amazing, and mm-hmm. she they don't know who she was be- because uh, once the police were called, Miss she had such great uh, conviction in her beliefs uh-huh. that Steve Bannon was a piece of trash right. and wanted to keep getting his face about it, but she didn't want to face the authorities over it. You know, Steve Bannon's not even in office anymore. Lee Maloney, he's a private citizen in a bookstore. Wait, what are you doing? Uh, see, this is even, even if it's the, got it's to the, stop. It's the harassment stuff. I mean, I I get even if you'd gone up and say, "Hey, Steve, how you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of glad you're out of office, but see you later. Fine. Something. Bye-bye. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe not even but that, But just stay really, in their but just, face. Yeah. But that might even be too far, because I wouldn't even, I wouldn't personally do that. But um, I would say, hey, no work yet, eh, Steve? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I would, to be the that whole hollering and following people yeah. out of the restaurants. And, and I'm stuff, not a big I'm Steve not, Bannon no, fan by any stretch. No, not even But close. leave him alone in public. First of all, again, not even an office now. What's the point? <laughs> right. The point is what are you just trying you to want prove? To, you just want to You're be just a, a loudmouth. Right. Yep. That's it. And uh, I, I find it, I know a lot of people think it's good. I'm not sure it is or not. But the man who attacked the Texas team, you know, wearing the uh, MAGA hat, the Make America Great hat at the Whataburger uh, in San Antonio, he, you know, he was arrested Thursday, which, uh, you know, okay, they mm-hmm. arrested him for it and everything. But they're charging him with theft of person. Which is a felony for a hat? I don't know. I kind of question that. And I know that he was he's out on bail now. Mm-hmm. And the spokesman for the San Antonio Police Department said the fact that he was charged with a felony is unusual in a case like this. But the police department has received numerous phone calls from concerned citizens who believed the charges should be stiffer. Oh, is that what we're is that how we're doing the law now? Yeah, by vote. Phone calls? Mm-hmm. Uh, over to democracy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Never mind. That's it. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we if we don't like you, you're out. Have a nice day. You get a, a felony. Does kind of feel good though. You, what a douche she was. <laughs> Come on. I know that. I know that. And you know, 
Nothing good happens after 2 a.m., Pat. Did your mother ever tell you that? She did. Okay. Yeah. She told me to say. These, these kids were out Only after 2 a.m. Only prostitutes and police are out after, I think it was even midnight. Yeah, midnight. <laughs> well, on the mean streets, it was probably at sunset. Right? <laughs> oh, don't even yes. get me started on the mean streets. But then you have this story that Uh-oh. makes you think, okay, now maybe we've gone too far. The Bridgeport man mm-hmm. uh, assaulted by uh, three juveniles while he was at work in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh He's the one going to jail for 18 months for stabbing one of the attackers. He claims he was defending himself. Jeffrey Sumter, 21. He told the judge, John Ablali, uh, that uh, hey, I was just I was defending myself. The judge said, I understand and I believe your version of events, but I have to follow the letter of the law in Connecticut. Ludicrous. Connecticut law requires Sumter to retreat from being beaten. That he was given, he was getting beaten up at Dunkin' Donuts. After being assaulted inside the coffee shop, he ran after them, mm. which is what got him into trouble, right? He runs after them and then he stabs one of them. That's what got him into trouble. Now these guys, they found uh, shotgun shells. They were they had beaten him. They never found a shotgun, but uh, they uh, arrested him for the stabbing of the guys that were beating him up and trying to steal from the store. It's amazing. It's absolutely astounding. So he gets he goes to jail mm. and get this. The judge even told him, "I hope this is uh, this would be your last bid, which is you know your last prison sentence because now that you've been convicted of a felony, first degree assault, you'll be treated more harshly by the criminal justice system going forward." So I mean, he's that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable miscarriage of justice. For it sure, sure is. Uh, it's it's agonizing and. Uh, Kind of sad news for, um, well, people of uh, that are, well, let's say oversized or overweight. Hmm. Uh, the FAA uh, said last week they're not going to regulate a minimum seat size on airplanes. What? <laughs> Come on. In its letter, the FAA said it had no evidence that current seat sizes are a factor in evacuation speed and that it believed seat pitch which is unlikely to go below 27 inches under current technology and regulations. So it's unlikely to get Mm. smaller than the 27. But, I mean, most are 29 now, and that's still... 29 inches wide. I mean, that's the pitch of them. Yeah, I mean, American Airlines said it was going to reduce from 29 a couple years ago, and uh, people said, um, no. Yeah. Um, No. I mean, they're small enough already. Right. Right? I mean uncomfortable they're completely uncomfortable right now and, and if you have to if you're flying back there in in, in yeah. steerage yes which we fly in and it just continues to get more and more uncomfortable on planes all the time it sure does it, it makes it seem as if they don't want you to fly yet. it makes it yeah yet they do mm-hmm. they do and we've all seen the uh prototypes of how they want to start uh adding seats and making them smaller like adding some of these half stand, half sit seats. Have you seen the prototypes for that? No. Where they kind of bend down and they it's almost like a, a stool that you would sit on. Uh, no, thanks. No. Uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> they just continue to want to pack more uh, and no more thanks. and more people on these flights. Now, some of the newer planes, I kind of like the idea of the, uh, uh. the seats where, you know, where the three-sided seats along the aisle would push in. So that when you're loading, when you're unloading and uh, and loading, that mm-hmm. that outside seat pushes in, so it makes the aisleway wider. Oh wow! 
So that's I mean that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You you would board the uh, inside seats first, and then slide those other ones out. You know the the the, the hallway seats out. Yeah, I don't mind that idea mm-hmm. if we're not going to make the uh, <clears throat> the outside seats smaller. Right. <laughs> with the uh, you know less than twenty seven inch pitch, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but uh, that's a tight fit. Do you ever fly Southwest? <laughs> that's a tight. Do you ever fly fit. Southwest sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have flown Southwest, and uh, and I have uh, I have seen the uh, the look on people as you got. First of all, you got to sit big. It's just like riding on a train. You got to sit big. Uh-huh. You got to get in there and sit down and find a seat with nobody next to you. You're right. Sit big. Think big. So nobody wants to sit next to you. Mm-hmm. And then also, you just gotta just gotta hope. Have you ever been seated on a Southwest flight, um, or I guess someone else has already been sitting there? You sit down next to them, and then they have gotten up and come to another seat. I wish they would. <laughs> no, I wish they would. But I have sit. Wait, the best thing to do really is to because odds are you're not going to get a window seat. You know when they you know when you crowd on, but you take the aisle. So the middle is free. Yeah. So you just think big. Yeah. And you tell the person sitting next to the window, think big. Yep. And unless that plane is full, yep. then you got nobody wants to sit there. Or it's just, almost always full now. I know. Well, they make it so. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's their deal, They're right? They want overbooked. That. Yes. In fact, Which is correct. the stupidest policy ever. I hate it. Right. I mean, that's their that deal, right? Insane. They they want to know why they can do that. They want, I, it does seem a tad illegal, yet they'd still continue <laughs> they still to do, do it. it. Yet if you like can't a, make your flight, you can't give it to someone else. If you're in a movie theater and they've overbooked the theater and you just, sorry, you can't get into this showing, how much, how pissed would you be? Uh, well, it's even worse at an air when yes. you've got to fly somewhere. You bought the ticket, you have a place, and then you're told, sorry, plane's oh, full. Oh, man, sorry. The it's over full. full. We need five people to not go on this flight. Yeah, well, sorry. No, no, I've got some place to be. And at least at the movie theater, you might be able to get upset. You get upset at yeah. the airport, you're, you're going to jail. You're going to be arrested. Nice it's call. agonizing. Yeah, wow. it is. They've got you by the short hairs, and it's not fun. They do. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about uh, when your ears aren't clean. You know that uh, you know it could be uncomfortable, yeah. itch, painful. They're all plugged up, making it harder to hear. A lot of people use the cotton swabs, and uh, you know it took a long time for people to realize, and maybe you even haven't realized it yet. Uh, you're not supposed to put the cotton swabs in your ear. Oh, really? Yeah, no, they're supposed to be on the outside. Really, oh. nothing bigger than your elbow in your ear. Oh. There's a lot of other drugstore remedies to clean your ears. <laughs> Don't really do the job. Mm. But now you can get a solution for that stubborn earwax with Wax RX Ear Wash System. Doctor developed, works safely when other products fail. The Wax RX System is a method physicians trust the most. It's just like the system they use in their offices. Tad bit cheaper. Wax RX comes with everything you need to safely clean out earwax and condition your ears conveniently at home. For less, I said, just a tad bit cheaper, less the cost of a doctor's visit. Mm. Doctor developed Wax RX system uses the special wax softening drops, breaks down earwax inside the ear, specially engineered pump fitted with the unique tip to gently deliver that perfect amount of cleansing pressure to flush the wax away. Finally, that pH conditioned formula rinses and soothes your ears, making for the ultimate, most complete earwax removal system available. Go to usewaxrx.com, order your reusable ear wash system today, and use the offer code RADIO. Why would you use the offer code? Because you want to have it shipped to your home for free. Usewaxrx.com. U-S-E-waxrx.com. Usewaxrx.com. Promo code RADIO. Now let's talk about the big story. Oh. The big story. Evil Live last night. (laughs) My main man, Travis Pastrana. 
uh, doing three Evil Knievel jumps last night on the History Channel. It was great. I don't know if you watched them, but they were tremendous. I had a lot of fun watching the three. Now, I will say this. The jumps were fun. The three hours of surrounding filler the milking filler mm-hmm. the milking of that uh, event we all understand that being in broadcasting that's there why are I times didn't watch. there are times when agonizing you know we do mm-hmm. shows that uh you know are because what are you going to do surrounded for three by hours while well, you're waiting they, for the next jump well some of it was some of it was much. cool because you got oh, to see you know some old some old evil jumps show, and crashes yeah. you know all the good ones and yeah. they talked to you know stunt drivers and travis is a big time uh stunt rider as well and he's a world record holder and they showed a lot of his you know, a lot of his work over the years. But uh, they made a big deal of it never being done before. And I ha- you can watch all three jumps. I know you, I know you didn't watch it, so let's mm-hmm. let's watch the three jumps mm-hmm. from Travis. Okay. We've got the first one, which was the uh, the cars. Uh, the he jumped 52 cars. cars. Yes, he, uh, he hurdled over 52 of them. Because Evil Knievel did 50. Mm. Right. And he broke that record. Right. Okay. So uh, Travis jumps 52. Let's see it. Or he had... And, and obviously, it's already done, so I'm not I'm not spoiling it for you. Okay, <laughs> he, he did make this jump. Guess we're gonna take your work. Oh. Now there are over 50 cars there. Evil Knievel did this back in '73 in LA. Here goes Travis Pastrana. And if you're watching, if you're not watching on Blaze TV, he's riding his motorcycle really fast. Plenty of distance. Oh, he did that with ease. Yeah, oh, plenty of They all were. They they all seemed very, yes. very easy <laughs> for him. Now you know, obviously, you know, I don't know that I would want to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean that poor uh, bike. I mean, yeah, I think that would be ill advised. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it? I mean, I I just yeah, I just did. You know, maybe that's not your thing. And then he's over the. <laughs> he jumps. He attempts to jump over the fourteen buses. Okay, uh, which uh, Travis does here. I think he went 16. Yes, he did. Yes, he beat, he beat Eagles 14. Uh, too easy. Right, that's what I mean. He should have done them lengthwise. I think so, too. I think so, too. Travis and then Pastrana, he did the uh, Caesars Fountain. And they made okay. such a big deal of this never being done before. Yeah, and it has. And But it has. It's been done by Robbie. Yes. Evil Knievel's son, Robbie now, Knievel, well, did this. Here, well, watch the jump, and you'll see. Right. And I find it, the jump seemed like, I don't know, the landing look, the landing ramp looked a little bit bigger mm-hmm. than uh, than Evil's. But, you know, here's, here's the jump it. over the fountain. Mm-hmm. And the fountain, this one seems. Travis Pastrana, he will go! I mean, nothing. Uh-huh. I mean, nothing. I noticed something. I know, I saw. It has been made once again. That uh, looked easy. It sure did. All three of them just wow. looked too and darn easy. Evil Knievel really wiped out badly yes, he on, did. on that jump. He yeah. broke his both his hips, I think. He broke ribs. He broke his legs. He was in a yeah. coma for at least a week. I mean, that. Uh, what he broke yeah, on that. It I mean, almost it was, killed uh, him. Uh, concussion, crushed pelvis, femur, fractures to his hip, wrist, both <laughs> ankles. Wow. Uh, yes. And he was in a coma for at least a week. So, wow. so we yeah. know that they had to have separate ramps set up at the, at the different jumps, right? You know, for the yeah, cars. Yeah, two of them were back behind. Okay. And then he had to make the trip from back behind to the front where the fountains were. And that was fun to watch. But, but the descending the, the ramp. The strip was packed. Yeah. And the, he was, you know, he was high-fiving everybody on the ride over. It was a big event. You know, mm-hmm. It was really fun to watch. So the descending ramp. Could not have been the same one for the first jumps as the third one, correct? correct. No, they were all set up. So yeah. why was there a skid mark um, on the descending ramp 
He'd already done the jump. Yes! He used the ramp another day. Ah, oh, another day. Yeah, you know. okay. All right. So clearly I'm he sure he probably it. did. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll bet he probably did all of them, actually, when That's no one was just, around. Was this on Fox? I, nobody no, wanted to History. History. Oh, okay. History. So it and wasn't even noticed, big enough for Fox. Well, well, and the thing is, is it should have been actually. It was, it was, it was a cool event. I mean, I thought it was really cool. But I think mm-hmm. the deal was because they kept saying, like, like it never been done before, never been done before. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm following on Twitter, people are like, why aren't they mentioning Robbie? And I'm thinking, yeah, Robbie did all of Evil's jumps. He <laughs> successfully did them. And then before every jump, you'd hear the announcer go, and this jump has never been done before on this type of bike, but Evil doesn't run as the same kind of bike as Evil. <laughs> so, I mean, the, what is the, the, up with the that, distinction man? is, is that uh, uh, Travis was using a bike similar. Okay. okay, it wasn't even exactly the same. It was similar to Evil's bike, mm-hmm. where Robbie was using this Honda dirt bike that was a little bit lighter. But if, in my mind, as a non-motorcycle enthusiast, Robbie was using a bike that was similar to the one Evil used too, because uh, they were all—I mm-hmm. don't know—motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the deal was. I don't know why Robbie was left out of it. Because they had his other son there, the oldest one, uh, Kelly, who was talking about dad and making a big deal. I tried to find out what happened, why I couldn't find a story that talked about what happened to Robbie, why they were, why he got the, why he got the shun. But they did not mention him at all. Mm. Not even throw him a bone about any of his jumps. That was Nothing. intentional. That was intentional. It sure was. Wow. And I know that I read an article where the oldest son got into a big fight with uh, Butte, Montana. And they're all from, they're all Montanans. And a, a lot of people Butte. last night on mm-hmm. Twitter were saying, uh, you know, the mean streets of Butte uh, were a little bit tougher than uh, the Pat Gray town. Oh, no. Uh, that's, I, that's, I'm just tougher saying what was the, on social media. Tougher wow. than the mean streets of Helena? Yeah, that's, what wow. I, no. that's what they were saying on social, Please. Pat. I don't know what, you know, okay. it's not me. Don't look at me. Is there like a turf war up yeah. there? I, come on. <laughs> Helena and Butte? Yeah. Butte is like Beverly Hills compared to the mean streets of Helena. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the blaze radio network so this guy jumped all three of evil knievel's jumps uh in las vegas travis pastrana did yes travis pastrana uh and and he made them all easily easily he's a big time motorcycle stunt man done all the x games i mean he's the first guy that's ever done the uh the double backflip Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and, and hit it. Kind of shows you that Evil Knievel was kind of a crappy stuntman. He crashed all the time. What? He crashed he all did the time. Not, don't start. <laughs> he broke every bone in his even, body so crashing. Did, so is Travis pretty much. Ah, he's crashed Don't even start with me. Time. You're telling me that Evil Knievel was a crappy stuntman. He stunt wiped man. out all the no, time. Did. That was the big Look deal with Evil Knievel. The list, no, the deal was that we obviously watched him. We wanted him to crash, but he landed <laughs> a bunch. Oh, you, did. you know no, what I this is? <laughs> you know what this is? This is just a deal that you're pissed he's from Butte. No, I love it's Butte. Ho- oh. Butte. This is all just, oh. a, this is just a heartfelt Butte. battle between Helena and Butte. Butte is the <laughs> armpit of Montana. Uh, thank Everybody you. Everybody loves what I Butte because <laughs> it's the only town worse than where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so it is. <laughs> not, not the mean okay, shit. Okay, that's what I'm right. saying. Not in danger, of sure. course. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hold on. Martian flatulence with this t- tweet here. Uh, want to impress me, Travis? Do those jumps on the bikes evil used with the tech they that's had true. at the time? That is true. Well, that is. Yes, that's it is. true. It is. But he tried to, you know, I will say that Travis at least tried to get it as close as he could. Yeah, mm. but I mean, technology has come so far yeah. since the 60s. And Knievel did this. His Caesar Pal- Caesar's Palace uh, fountain was sixty seven. Yeah, yep. I mean, that's a long time ago. And the ramps now. sure looked a lot. Fifty one years uh, ago. When, when you watch that evil landing on those ramps, he didn't have that yeah. big stable ramp that Travis had. I'm sorry. I will say this though: his Snake River jump was a total hoax. He just released that shoot as soon as the thing went off the edge. Boop. I, I was, uh, and then they said, the "Oh, evil, I, could evil I don't know. I don't something? know what what happened there. The the parachute went off prematurely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like because you push the button to set it off. You and I, uh, <laughs> come on. Is, he freaked, you, I don't blame him. An evil Knievel uh, now too. I don't blame him for freaking out. Jeff, but he freaked angry. out. He freaked out. Evil okay. Knievel is an American icon. Yes, he is. I will give you that. I mean that. Yes, he is. Uh, you watched those jumps last night. I will say nothing mm-hmm. says America more than that. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do it on the fourth because isn't that I when know. Evil Knievel normally did it? Seems like he no, did it on the fourth. That one was of like July. New Year's Eve, I think, or something. Oh, okay. Uh, the 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 Caesars was New Year's, I think. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleash coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Or at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where American Pirate tweets. <laughs> they uh, apparently talking about the special. Last night, the big uh, stunt cycle guy. What is his name? Something I'm not really familiar with the guy. Travis Pastrano. Yeah, yeah, Pastrano. Pastrano Travis Pastrano. Pastrano. Sounds like a sandwich. He did all three jumps. You know the three big ones that uh, that Evil Knievel did. Yeah. Back in the '60s and early '70s at, in Las Vegas, uh, American Pirate says they did interview Robbie. The difference in the bikes was 200 pounds. Whoa! What? You know, like Jeffy's left cankle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so he's claiming American Pirate says they did interview Robbie for the show. Okay. Jeffy swears up and down. He, he wasn't on it. They didn't even mention him. And we know Jeffy never leaves his couch, so I don't right. know how he missed that. That's pretty weird. Hmm. Uh, Jenny B, plane seating sucks. I'm a smaller lady, so I lose both armrests and have to ride in fetal position because oh. my neighbors always take what they declare space and... I don't need because they're bigger than me and entitled to my space. Okay. Bastards. So Jeffy apparently flies right. a lot on her. Right. And from uh, Ben Torgerson. It's interesting that those with all the faux outrage in Russian election meddling are the ones trying to give non-citizens voting rights so Russians can meddle in our elections. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There you go. Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, there's just no consistency and, and there's there's so much hypocrisy on the left that... Uh, it, it makes it tough to, to comprehend and hard to stand. 888 thirty three ninety three. Speaking of uh, the 
SCOTUS pick, though, tonight. Campus Reform went out and talked to students at NYC. Uh, so you know this is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, they, they went up and asked about how they felt about Donald Trump's uh, nominee, except for the fact that the nominee hasn't been announced yet. But here's what they thought about the non-announced nominee that Trump picked. I'm honestly not surprised by his choice, but yeah. that's just worse for us. I just saw the pick and I was like, like, it's almost at a point where you kind of expect that some it's not going to be what you want. He's quite, you know, extreme in his views. And I don't know if it would make the Supreme Court very even. I see it all over the news that like he's he's like a racist this new like nominee is very racist and i think it's starting a new wave racist, yeah. of something something very yep. negative and i'm really scared about what happened in the future and my choices he'll make and so what reaction have you seen on social media today after the news oh mm. outrage as it should oh, be of course. this is just a reoccurring thing he keeps sure. doing this with different positions and just doing whatever he wants abusing his power <laughs> just, do you, do you, so do you feel like his pick is an abuse of power uh, basically, yeah. His entire cabinet and everyone he's chosen has been the white supremacist. Right. <laughs> All of them and white it's dangerous to everyone yeah. who looks like me. Um, you feel like the Supreme Court nominee today kind of falls in that same line? I don't think anybody it's, looks like they you. They should man. all wear white hoods <laughs> and burn crosses at the Capitol because that's exactly that's exactly uh, the move. That's what they're going sure. for. The fact that he would put someone up there that is so racist and is not practicing the equality that we need to see right it's again it's insulting and it's, it sure is he's not gonna last i mean so you're I, not a fan of the pick i'm really not <laughs> that is so embarrassing they don't know it but it's pretty embarrassing immediately that just shows you immediately they go to race they don't know who it is it's not been announced they have no idea what they're talking about, but they know it's a racist pick. And sex. They went to the sex, too. A couple of them were saying he <sighs> is not a good pick. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we... Immediately, though, it shows how uh, the left plays that card every time. Just as quickly as they possibly can without any provocation. It's a racist thing. Flip us. Race, 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 race. Oh, man. That is pathetic. And these are NYU students. You know, you're supposed to be fairly smart. Um, and we don't know how many people he went and tried to interview who said, well, he hasn't picked it yet. So I don't know. Did he find anybody like that at NYU? Maybe. Maybe not. I, I'd like to interview that guy sometime and ask him, okay, what is the percentage of the people that we see compared to the people you've talked to? If it's 100%, these are even more frightening than, than I imagine. If it's, you know, if this is 30% of what you interview, okay, well, then maybe there's some hope for mankind. There's not, though. I'm just here I to tell you that there's there not is. any hope for mankind, Pat. I don't think there is. Um, CNN was uh, really worried about the nation's focus uh, after Jeopardy, Jeopardy contestants didn't know a question about the Russian investigation, the meddling thing. Ugh. This shows how Americans, for the most part, I think, just don't care about this anymore. We're just so done with the Russian meddling thing. If you had something, we'd see something is by this, now, right? I think this is John King, right, mm-hmm. yeah. who's, who's so concerned. Uh, here it is on uh, as he's showing these contestants answering a question on Jeopardy. 
or not. Oh, they don't have it. I'm being told they don't have it, Keith. You set me up for something we didn't have. Did you do this on purpose? Yeah, that's, that's part of my point. Did you do this on purpose? Don't even have it. Anyway, they ask. It's a thousand. We'll it's the thousand it. dollar question. We'll, we'll get it. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be it'll too be late fun. by then. No, I'm not going to be burned twice by the thing. So it's a thousand dollar question. All three of them get it wrong. And the the question was, who was indicted? Right for uh, I don't know. I can't remember. So maybe we'll get it for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun bit. Yeah, I like it this. is. We should do this every week. Let's and just pick a random seems time. Seems like we do at least once a week. <laughs> seems like we do. Uh, 888-900-3393 uh, with your thoughts. Apparently, phone calls are going to, are being replaced right now by voice chat. Uh, for decades, the best and often only way to reach somebody out of earshot was to call them on the phone. The internet brought chat, FaceTime, Instagram, Snapchat, and a host of other ways to keep in touch with people, though, that made phones seem wildly inefficient. For a lot of us, phone calls over the past few years kind of gone the way of the telegraph and the typewriter, mm. which is not necessarily a good thing if you want you know, voice communication back in our lives. In the swing uh, from calls to texts, you kind of lose the warmth and humanity that made the phone work in the first place. Um, but... Because we have these iPhones and you know all the all the uh, other phones that are available out there, all the Samsung stuff, the Galaxies, and all of that, and texting is just so much easier. And you don't have to wait for somebody to answer the phone. You just text them and you leave it, and then they text you back or they don't. And I have noticed that at least in my kids' lives, they never dial up somebody's number and push send do you ever text never them? yeah you do yeah and they reply yeah how well my it, kids yes how does that feel once in a while when they reply to you after uh, you send them a text <clears throat> i could take it or leave it frankly well, i'm sorry because <laughs> i know you don't reply to mine. <laughs> i know but you're not my child okay. you know if you were my child Fair and enough. i know it was something important i didn't i responded to you over the weekend so i'll not have this discussion i think i, I, think I texted you a link to a to a CNN video over the weekend. Did you? No. No, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, texting, I, I know that's all they do. And yeah. I oftentimes have said, why don't you please just call them and see if that's the... Nope, they won't do it. They yeah. just text. I'm the no. Did you call them? Yeah, I texted. No. The answer then is no, you didn't call them. Texting is not calling. If you... At least call them. You can get an immediate response if they answer. But I don't know. It is completely gone now. The telephone call is gone. And the phones do some, you know, they do everything else. But put us on the phone with somebody, pretty much. Because you, you just don't have that kind of communication anymore. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, this article seems to make it uh, out to be a bad thing because we're losing that voice communication as mm. a species. And uh, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, and the, lot, the, the margin for error is so greater when, when, you, when you send just words because then, you, you know, the inflection isn't there. Yes. There's a misunderstanding. Yes. No, I didn't say it like that. I meant, you know, blah, blah, you blah. You could mean it in a fun way and it doesn't come out that way when it's just texted. No, oh, that's why you got to put the little emoji this, there. 
Exactly. That, exactly. That, that, that lessens the blow when you're yes. being passive aggressive. Like this shows, I'm just teasing with you now because I got a smiley face. Or a winky face. See? I mean, don't underestimate or a winky, the winky face. face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What about the winky face with the tongue sticking out? I mean, that's so, very effective. That's effective. Because that, that shows you you're just being You can't be serious playful. if you've got your tongue sticking you're out. Just being right? playful. And then, you know, you've got the little, you know, I'm kind of not liking this, but not enough to put a frowny face. So I'm going to do a little uh-huh. slant. Little, yeah. A little slant. But this discussion has shown how much it's changed. <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, it does kind of lack the humanity, but that's what the emojis are for, to put back the humanity. Yeah. So you can't hear the inflection in my voice or the tone, <laughs> but you do see the smiley face. Yeah, we've come a long way since the uh, Sports Illustrated shoe phone, that's for sure. Yeah, we have. Those were the days, though. Now yeah. they're, they're turning uh, phones into the, a mo- like a modern walkie-talkie. Um, it's, apparently, there's a walkie-talkie uh, smartphone app. What? Not a handheld radio the size of a car battery like we used to have, but it operates much the same way. You press a button to talk, and when you're finished, your voice rings out of someone's, someone else's device. They listen and talk back. Uh, if you aren't wearing earbuds, you might have to sneak away or risk others hearing your messages because, you know, it comes out the speakers. But it's, according to this article, still an improvement. Chatting this way offers the warmth of a phone call with none of the time-sucking technological hurdles or social norms. You don't need small talk. You don't have the social overhead of a conversation. Like, that's so hard for us now. Uh, This type of voice messaging is probably already possible in the tools you already use to chat, and it comes with three critical advantages over the phone calls we've been making for for decades. Better voicemail. Voicemail, of course, is the evil spawn of the phone call. Whether you use Android or iOS, there's a better voice messaging tool built into your device. If you're an iMessage user, just press and hold a microphone to the left of the text box. This is way too much for me. Then record your message and swipe up to send it. <laughs> Stop. Have you ever done that? No. Okay. I haven't seen, so I'm I've not never just heard a bonehead who's never heard who's never heard of this. No, I mean I, I you can use your phone like a walkie-talkie, talk to him, and then just swipe up and send it. Okay, my phone. I didn't know anything like that. My phone can't handle a phone call and internet connectivity at the same time. It sure as hell can't pull this off. Maybe you need a new phone if you've. Ever I do. Of that? I cracked it, and and, and I'm not good uh. for a new one until April. And uh, I'm oh. it's a sore spot, and I'm. Not I thought they don't do that anymore. You don't. You don't have that deal with the companies anymore. Don't get me started on my garbage phone. All right. And uh, for the record, when you call and no one's there, and you have to leave a voicemail. What are the odds that a Pat Gray is going to check said voicemail? Hundred percent. I, I check them all the time. Well, not all the time. And then what? And then couple what? Time, couple times a year, I check yeah. my voicemail. You finally have your voicemail set up. You've only had the phone for like eight years. No, I don't. No, I mean yes, it's set up with the with the thing that comes with it. Hey, you've reached, and then it gives a number. Leave a message. So, do you know how to check your voicemail? That's my that's yes. Really I know how question. to check the voicemail. Okay, it's pretty easy to check voicemail. So it's just painfully obvious to me at this point mm-hmm. that you ignore my texts and my voicemails. Right. Are you the biggest whiner on the face of this yeah, planet? Just trying I mean, to communicate. You're just trying to communicate. Nothing but you whine you know, for the last 20 minutes. Just trying to communicate with the man is all. Remember when uh, J.P. Morgan, CEO Jamie Dimon, called Bitcoin a fraud? Well, the price fell about 24% uh, in the days that followed. World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, George Soros publicly called Bitcoin a bubble. And then a few weeks later, he directed his people to invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, so these experts are all over the map when it comes to cryptocurrencies, and they're all about themselves and trying to drive the price down and manipulate it and then go in full force. We're going to explore all of that in a free live online broadcast Glenn is doing. He's personally hosting this on July 19th. So that's a week from Thursday. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com to register for this free special event you'll discover the new case for bitcoin and they'll reveal the names of three cryptos tika tawari recommends you should buy right now and you'll have the chance to take part in palm beach letters exclusive two million dollar bitcoin giveaway so get all the details for this incredible event you know you could get a huge windfall in your investment portfolio from this Go to BeckCryptoShow.com. That's BeckCryptoShow.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. returns on the blaze radio network speaking of uh smartphones a lot of talk lately about whether or not your smartphone is listening to you and uh gizmodo spent the last year testing that wondering okay are they secretly listening to things we're saying when we don't even know that they are Hmm. so a lot of people are convinced that their phones are are listening to their conversations. And we've had stories about that lately. Callers, that, yeah. Yeah. Because um, it targets you with ads. Well, Vice recently fueled the paranoia with an article that declared your phone is listening and it's not paranoia. Hmm. A conclusion the author reached based on a five-day experiment where he talked about going back to uni and needing cheap shirts in front of his phone and then saw ads for shirts and university classes on Facebook. Uh, for what it's worth, this author says, I also frequently see ads for shirts on Facebook, but I'm past the age of the target audience for back-to-school propaganda. Some computer science academics at Northeastern University had heard enough people talking about the technology myth, at least they call it a myth, that they decided to do a rigorous study to tackle it. For the last year, Aline Pan... Uh, Jinjing Ren, Martina Lindhorfer, Christo Wilson, and David Chuffins ran an experiment involving more than 17,000 of the most popular apps on Android to find out whether any of them were secretly using the phone's mic to capture audio. The apps included those belonging to Facebook, as well as over 8,000 apps that send information to Facebook. Uh, During the course of the year, they found no evidence of an app unexpectedly activating the microphone or sending audio out when not prompted to do so. Like good scientists, they refused to say that their study definitively proves uh, that your phone isn't secretly listening to you, but they didn't find a single instance of it happening in a whole year? Really? They didn't find one instance? instance of it ha instead they discovered a different disturbing practice apps recording a phone's 
screen and sending that information out to third parties. Well, okay, that's that's as bad, right? Let's split hairs here. Of the 17,260 apps the researchers looked at, over 9,000 had permission to access the camera and microphone and thus the potential to overhear the phone's owner Uh talking about their need for cat litter or about how much they love a certain brand of gelato. Uh Using 10 Android phones, the researchers used an automated program to interact with each of these apps and then analyze the traffic generated. Uh, They were looking for specifically any media files that were sent, particularly when they were sent to an unexpected party. Uh, The strange practice they did start to see was that screenshots and video recordings of what people were doing in apps were being sent to third-party domains. Jeffy, what kind of ads are you getting? Wow. Uh, and Google themselves, they've, had, they've wow. admitted as much, have they not? Yeah, Where they, they talked about how, well, we're just picking up ambience to find out, you know, if you're in a loud room or what have you. Are you? Are you not picking up words? In fact, you know, my son hmm. and I downloaded a baseball game over the weekend, and uh, here's a screenshot of what, look at this. This is a baseball game. Do you want to allow MLB 9 Innings 18 to make and manage phone calls? What in the hell? No. Why? I, why? I wish. Okay, they've got deny, allow. I want the. I want the. I want to click on why. Yeah. Why would you want that? What would you do with that? What do you mean? What a weird question for uh, MLB Nine Innings Eighteen to ask. I don't know ask. what that's about, but I hit deny. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, moved on with my life. But seriously, these apps are doing wow. so many things in the background of your phone. It's just wow, insane. Well, here's an example of one of the things they found. When one of the phones used an app from GoPuff, a delivery startup for people who have sudden cravings for junk food, the interaction with the app was recorded and sent to a domain affiliated with Appsy, a mobile analytics company. (laughs) Jeez, everything we do is just being analyzed. The video included a screen where you could enter personal information. In this case, there's the zip code. Uh, not a total surprise. Apsy proudly touts its ability uh, to record what users are doing in an app on its website. What bothered the researchers was that it wasn't evident to the user that their behavior was being recorded, something which wasn't disclosed in GoPuff's privacy policy. Uh-oh. Somebody actually read. I was about to say the policy. Thanks for doing that for us, because that's helpful. Because none of us are. Wow, and that's wow. <laughs> that's that's impressive. Yeah, to go to that uh, that much trouble to read the. Of course, it was a one year study, so they must have been fairly intensive. So not only do you and have so, to take the time to read the the yeah. thing, but then you have to bust it on that. <laughs> yes. So what they found was it's not necessarily listening to you, but it is paying attention to what you're doing on your apps. So I mean, is that just as bad? Pretty much, I, I think so. It's none of your stinking business what what people are doing on their apps. None of your business. There's there's no reason to analyze everything we do. It's not. It's just not unless you give them permission to. Mm-hmm. If you say, hey, do you want to participate in the survey like they do on every single phone call I make now? At the end of this phone call, would you like to participate in a short survey? No! (laughs) No, I don't want to. No surveys. I don't want your survey. I don't want your questions. I I, I don't want your recorded messages. 
Uh, there are some problems that have been brought on by this new technology. And, you know, I guess we're just going to have to work our way through it and put up with a lot of it. Because it's not going to stop. It's just going to get worse. There's going to be more and more of this. Yeah, but Pat, if you're not doing anything wrong... Why would you, you should, worry? You'd be fine with it, right? Yes. Just look over my shoulder. I, I don't, don't care. care who's listening to me. I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. I don't know if that's their opinion. If they share my opinion on what I'm doing. I hope so. But I don't know. But I don't care. Go ahead and just monitor everything I'm doing. Everything. Everything. Because I, I, It's more convenient that way. Because you can read my mind later. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to bother with typing everything that I want. Just read my mind, please. You know what? Just set up uh, cameras in every room in my house. And listening devices sure. everywhere. And tap my phone. Mm-hmm. So... Why not? Are you doing uh, anything wrong? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then what's the problem? That is what too many Americans uh, believe. It makes me sad. It's sad. Attitude. It's very, very and it's, sad. And it's going to cost all of us that actually do care about our personal freedom and liberties. Um, because Yeah, it could cost us dearly. The rest of us are fine with it. Mm-hmm. So yay, democracy. Yep. You know what technology has done, though? It's made it possible for you to use your gun at home. Mm-hmm. To practice firing your gun at home. This is fantastic technology. It's iTarget Pro. Uh, it's a revolutionary home firearm training program. It uses your actual gun so you can become proficient with it. And your uses your smartphone and their pro- proprietary app, which uses a laser in place of the bullet. And it detects exactly where your shots are landing on the target. So it's it's fantastic. You just shoot it, and the laser tells you where you've hit. So you don't have to waste a bunch of ammo. You don't have to worry about driving back and forth to the, to the range. Uh, it's going to save you a ton of money. And, and you're going to become proficient with your firearm in your home where it matters most, where you'd probably use your, uh, your weapon if you need to. Hopefully you'll never need to, but you'll have the ability. And right now, you can save 10% when you use the offer code PAT to purchase the iTarget Pro system. Save money, save time, and take your skill to the next level. It's the letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT. iTargetPro.com. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here. They called him Beto, Beto, the king of Hispanics. Even though he is whiter than me. I don't understand the Beto O'Rourke thing. Well, it's not a thing. Robert Francis (laughs) O'Rourke. As Irish American as you can get with a Hispanic nickname that he's just utilizing in, in lieu of the rest of his name, actually, on... Signs all over, all over Texas. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if this blue wave really sweeps Texas or not. Hmm. Uh, in a few months, 
Uh, but I I don't know. I don't I don't see Ted Cruz being really concerned or worried at this point. You're not looking up any underwear recipes. No, no, I'm not. Okay. Not at this point. But <laughs> in in one of the stories I saw, it said that he was only five points behind Ted Cruz. We 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 looked it up on Real Clear Politics. Was that? Yes, and it, was. it looked like he was behind by eight. Eight point two right now. Mm-hmm. Is that the average, or is uh, that just the latest poll by somebody? I think it was an average of a couple of polls around July, uh, June twenty second. Okay, well that that's not latest. that's not bad. Yeah. Eight eight point two points average. That's that's not bad. But I mean, Beto is now doing running town halls where he runs stops and then answers questions and then they run some more you can't compete with that i mean how do you compete with that i i don't even know why there's a vote scheduled plus his name is beto he's the king of hispanics even though he is is whiter than me um <laughs> his name still is beto beto nickname of hispanics so even though he's an irish american as we discussed earlier yeah hispandering is pandering. Oh, that's a great term. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, you can reach us at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Toby McAvoy says, "I'm now in the habit of sending the text. Do you have time for a ten minute call before I call someone?" That's great use of the text. It is. Um, but if you don't get an answer, then I guess you never call them. Mm-hmm. Which would probably be the case, Toby, if you ever text me those that question because I just I don't want to say no, but no, I don't have time for the ten minute call. Thank you. Then just say, just say I don't. <laughs> see you, see you Monday. I mean, I'm not applying that to anything specifically. I'm just saying, no. if Toby were to right. text you, you might want to say that. Uh, Ryan Peck says, "Okay, so the list of classic male icons that Pat hates is Tom Selleck, Johnny Cash, Evil Knievel. Oh I my god, I don't hate any Why of those are people. You threatened by I don't all hate these any men. of them, especially Evil Knievel. He, I thought he was great when I was growing <laughs> up, but he did crash a lot." <laughs> Uh, Mike Hermanet says, it's almost as if Pat and Keith are an old married couple based on the discussion just held about messages never being returned. Oh, well, I know. Can no, you, no, no. Sounds like a whiny, See, whiny old woman. That's not accurate you, because you would accurate. never say that to Jackie. You would never say, boy, you whine a lot because you might get your face punched in. <laughs> I'm thinking so. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, totally accurate. Right. <laughs> yes. Other than that. My actual wife, yeah, wouldn't put up with that. Mm-mm. Of course, I'd never say that to her. See? And See. for good reason. Mm-hmm. She'll beat you up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 888 Do we actually have the CNN Jeopardy clip now? <laughs> now we actually have John King. Yeah. All right, so we'll see the question that nobody okay. cared about on Jeopardy. Here it Wait, is. Wait, you ruined it. Here and it I'll take Russia meddling for a thousand, Alex. Only the smartest of the smart get to be on Jeopardy, right? So right. what does this little exchange last night say about the nation's focus, or lack thereof, on the whole Mueller-Russia meddling and collusion investigation? In 2017, this ex-national security advisor pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI. Suzanne. Who's Kelly? No. no. Steve. Who is Gorka? No. No. Yeah, no. I would bomb on Jeopardy, but I'd get that <laughs> one right. The answer? Who is Michael Flynn? Okay, great. <laughs> Just nobody cares. CNN, man. So done with it. Push that narrative, baby. Yeah, they they can't let go of any of this stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, somebody at CNN was watching Jeopardy, you know, last week, and we're just screaming at the TV. I can't believe they don't under, They don't know that? 
<laughs> and Michael Flynn is so 2015, 2016, right? I mean, we've how many scandals have we talked about since then? Quite a few. I mean, he left office literally weeks into the administration. Yeah, he did not last long at all. We need some. We need some new stuff. If if you're gonna make this Russia thing stick, you're gonna have to hop to it. Get us something here to go on, because so far it's been a bunch of nothing. Uh, okay, so how many hurricanes have there been so far this summer? Answer zero. Uh, we've had none that have actually made it to shore. I don't know that. I think we had a tropical storm uh, that kind of hit Houston and it flooded again, but it always does. If it, <laughs> I mean, if somebody spills a glass of water in the street, it yeah. floods in Houston. Yeah, run it's, inside, wait for the yeah. flash flood warning to come across the screen. If you spit, uh-huh. it floods in Houston. <laughs> so that's why when they really get a serious, serious rainfall, it's really ugly in Houston because the water drainage is so bad there. Um. But this is kind of interesting because they're blaming the lack of hurricanes now on African dry air. <laughs> the dry, dusty African air has crossed the Atlantic and made its way, I guess, all the way to Houston. It originates in the Sahara Desert. The air has dominated weather across the Atlantic and beyond. It's quite simply kryptonite for hurricanes. Oh, this is great. The dust is the marker of the extremely dry air coming off the Sahara Desert. It's the dry air that can suppress storm development and limit the size of the storms. Tropical storms and hurricanes are heat engines built from thunderstorms. They draw power from warm, moist, tropical air across the ocean. Stable dry air is like adding sand to a cake recipe. I've never tried that. What would happen to the cake? Would it fall? Would it collapse? Apparently, if you put sand in the cake, that's not a good thing. Huh. Tastes well. Dry air causes more suppression of thunderstorms. If you depress the thunderstorms, it makes it very hard for it to intensify, according to uh, the National Center for Atmospheric Research in Boulder, Colorado. This battle of the dry and the moist rages throughout the summer. While the wetness lost out in June, a small hurricane managed to form last week. Really? Did it, did it make landfall? And another may be brewing, so it's too soon to tell, tell whether the you know, dry air will crush all hurricanes this season. Every few days, patches of showers and thunderstorms leave Central Africa and start west across the Atlantic. They're called tropical waves, and they can line up like freight cars in a train all the way across the basin. We've seen that quite a few times, where you got one after another yep. lined up. 2005 was like that. Last year, to a certain extent, was like that a little bit. Now, the 12 years in between, where we had no major hurricanes, nobody ever talked about those, on the left at least. Uh, that didn't mean anything. I have, I have a question, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, Keith. Okay, so, so if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. excessive warming is causing hurricanes, and yes. excessive warming is causing no hurricanes. Well, now you finally understand. Yes, is it's a lot like... The lack of snow is because of global warming. And the preponderance of snow is also because of global warming. Now, super hot weather is obviously global warming. Now, super cold air in the wintertime is also global warming. Is there going to be a quiz later on this? Yes. Yeah, so you might want to pay attention. 
just but here's just a pretty good general rule of thumb everything causes global warming Hold on, i hang on i gotta write this down. you have that everything causes global warming does global warming cause everything yes like it's like a big it's like a little infinity like mm-hmm. symbol exactly mm-hmm. okay, you're getting it <laughs> think you might do pretty well on the on the test cool if you just know that much i got this all right aced also, over the weekend, you went to Ant-Man, right? I did! Was that great? So great! I texted What was you. so great about it? You did text me. And, and you I texted, texted me you back. back. Yes, I did. It was amazing. So. But it was a great weekend. I went to a movie, A, and Pat Gray returned one of my texts, B. So, no, I just, uh, I'm not going back. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm not going to give it away. No spoilers here. But it's absolutely awesome. I don't say mm. that lightly. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not a comic movie. I, I've enjoyed mm-hmm. them. But I have not been like, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to set expectations too high. I'm just telling you, it was easily my favorite of the franchise. And please, of course, stay through mm. the credits, as you know. Wow. So good. Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, made $76 million over the weekend. Pretty good start, right? Yeah, and I, was I don't surprised. know what they were expecting, the, but that seems like a good weekend. The theater was maybe, maybe 60% full. Really? I was stunned. Wow. That was it. That was Friday wow. night. Huh? Word of mouth is going to propel this thing, though. I guarantee you, next week will be what well, made eighteen an average of eighteen thousand per theater. That's pretty. That's a pretty good weekend. Huh. That's really good. Uh, Incredibles two was number one, uh, number two at twenty nine million five hundred and four million since it came out. Oof. This is these are just the American or the North American numbers uh, for Jurassic World twenty eight million and three hundred thirty three million since it came out. Hmm. The first purge. I already. I thought they already did the first purge. No, no. Remember, we had to go back in time because when everybody's <laughs> dead, then you can't have another movie. You gotta go to a prequel purge, right? And wasn't the last purge they stopped doing the purge? I don't. I don't know. So now they're gonna have to go back to the beginning of the purge, and that it's up to thirty-one million since it came out. I, I guess mean, purge I, the wow. series already. But the purge only costs. Is this a what uh, just uh, Jason Blum? Uh, production. I think the purge is, and he so he just continues to make huge amounts of money with all his movies. This only costs thirteen million to make, and it's mm. already at thirty-one million. Yeah, that's him. Hmm. He he's he's really good at making low-budget movies that make a lot of money. Um, he's in fact he might be one of the most successful in Hollywood right now. Uh, Sicario was number five. It's up to thirty-five million. Uncle Drew, not doing very well. Uh, 6.6 million, 29 million since it came out. Then you got Ocean's 8, Tag, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Mm. This is a uh, documentary on, on Fred Rogers, yeah. which, Mr. Rogers, who would go to? Apparently, a lot of people went to this. Carrie went to that. Did she? Yeah. Was it good? PG-13. Like it or not? You know? Really? Yeah. You see, I uh, guess you see some butt cheeks in the oh. movie. <laughs> Not Fred, Fred Rogers Ro- shows Fred his Rogers. butt cheeks. Fred Rogers, be, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Documentary would be number one on that list if it were the butt cheeks of Fred Rogers, but not the case apparently. Everybody would really, have to go see really that. really liked it. And I oh, was good. doing some research over the weekend on Fred Rogers. Man, he sounds very libertarian. I got to do some more looking into him. Oh, I bet he but is, he yeah. But apparently, VCRs were so controversial because you're taking an artist's work and you're watching it in the privacy and comfort of your own home at a time of your choosing. He's like, yeah. If kids can see it on their own time, I would never want to limit people's access to my work when it's convenient for them. I mean, and, mm. and apparently the Supreme Court leaned on his testimony about that to make VCRs and VHS tapes legal. Wow. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Rather than the U.S. Constitution, they leaned on Mr. Rogers. I mean, it's precedent, Pat. We got to do yeah, precedent now. That's interesting. <laughs> that's not good, but it is interesting. Yes. Uh, that's at that's 12.3 million since it came out five weeks ago, but it's a documentary. They hardly ever make more than, you know, 3 million, 4 million, if they're, you know, fabulous. Won't you be my neighbor? Number nine still. Uh, and then Deadpool 2, which has brought in 314 million since it came, in, came out. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed uh, is inevitable. inevitable, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in financial freedom, got a really important message for you. Thursday, July nineteenth, a week from this Thursday, Glenn is hosting a free online investment training broadcast special that could put you over the top in your portfolio. It's on a new asset class that he's been personally investing his own money in: Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. It's a complicated thing, and it's hard to get your mind around when exactly is the time. Have we already missed it? Is it too late? The answer is no on both of those. So if you want to learn more about cryptos uh, and you'd like some free investment training, go to BeckCryptoShow.com, B-E-C-K-C-R-Y-P-T-O-Show.com, and register for this special free event right now. Glenn and his number one cryptocurrency expert, Tika Tawari from Palm Beach Letter, going to walk you through the case, the new case for Bitcoin. He'll give you the names of three cryptocurrencies that he recommends you should buy right now. Plus, you'll get exclusive training free on this new market where you could turn just a few hundred dollars into a small fortune. Can you imagine for the people who invested it, let's say $300 even two years ago, it was maybe not even that long ago, it was $300. It's almost 7000 now. It's been as high as 19000 If you bought at three and sold at 19 <laughs> and you had you know a significant number of them, you made a lot of money. Yeah. Life-changing money. And an alarm clock would not have woken you up this morning. Right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. And you're, you're going to have the chance to take part in Palm Beach Letters' exclusive $2 million Bitcoin give, giveaway. So go to BeckCryptoShow.com right now. It's free, but you need to register for the special event. Make sure you don't miss it. BeckCryptoShow.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Good news, soccer is almost over. Woohoo! Yeah! Good golly, I hate the World Cup time. I hate it. Because they try to jam it down our throats. We don't care. We. Oh, I don't know. Especially don't care this year. Ratings are down 45% because the U.S. isn't in it. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yep. We Why don't, am I seeing it everywhere? Because they're trying desperately Ugh. to jam it down our throats. It's a boring, crappy game. Nobody even knows how much time is left. Stop faking your injuries, man. Oh, that is... I can't take the flop. How pathetic is Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. That that's guy from outrageous. Brazil rolling around. I mean, you would have thought... And they're not even touched. I, I, you you would have thought, thought somebody took a chainsaw to him. 
up to his midsection. Good I mean, it's gosh. just ridiculous. But I, yes, I can't take it. It's a terrible sport. I mean, the one, ter- one guy on the planet knows how much time's left. You kick the ball, it bounces off somebody's head, somebody mm-hmm. else kicks it, then yeah. it kicks the other way. But the strategy, somebody, Pat, the strategy, no man. strategy. They kick it back and oh, forth Pat. to each other. It sucks. Pat. And then maybe once a game, you get close enough to yeah. put it in the net. Yeah. Yep, yep. By all that is holy, a one to nothing score yeah. is like a forty-five to nothing blowout in yeah. football. I am so sick and tired of hearing a two nothing game was it's, they blew him out of the water. Right, because really? yeah, I can't take it. I hate. I hate <laughs> two it. to nothing is not a blowout of anything. It's a third world distraction. Please, I hate stop it. it. It's a communist it. sport. Thank you. Can we stop with it? Yes. So I looked up uh, the history of. You know, because we didn't even make, we didn't even qualify for the World Cup. No, didn't we? I mean, <laughs> these teeny little nations. I, I don't know. I think Trinidad and Tobago was in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not this year they weren't. No, because I've been rooting for the underdog. Colombia yeah. was. I know uh-huh. that. Yeah. Uh, Mexico went pretty far. Uh, Japan made it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Why do I know this? Because I can't avoid the information. I know. Flooding the internet. It's impossible. It's impossible. (laughs) Or ESPN. Uh ESPN uh, highlights. And soccer. Like 80% of it's soccer now. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Go away. But I was surprised to see that... um, the United States reached the semifinals of the 1930 World Cup. Oh, way back in the day. And defeated England in a remarkable upset in the 1950 World Cup. Now, I don't know in what game that was. I don't think we won it. But we did beat England, and I guess that was a big deal. Okay. So, So, 50, 68 years ago, we beat England. All right. That's our claim to fame. Yeah, well, you know, England, boy, they've got some fans there that just love, love it when their team wins and they beat uh, Sweden. And there was a little incident there. Yeah, so... In London, I think it was. England's in the semis now because in the quarters they beat they beat Sweden. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. And here's a little look where, at... Where at do you go? Where how, do you go to celebrate? Well, w- when you play Sweden, <laughs> here's where you go to celebrate. Ikea. <laughs> look at this stuff. This is madness. <laughs> Oh, look at that. Jumping on a bed. Look at that. There's a lot of people in there. Uh-huh. Oh, look at those uh, British people. <laughs> yep. Look at those British people. Behind the counter. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so, so. They, went, they went to gloat at Ikea. Which is owned, of course, by Swedes. <laughs> That's really creative, That's kids. Good stuff. There. That's really neat. Uh, I, I, would that happen in the U.S.? We just burn down cities. That's yeah, all we do. We flip over cars. You know, we flip over cars in a Super Bowl celebration. You don't go to IKEA and jump on beds. Jump That's on wrong. Bed. Light something on fire. Right. <laughs> do it right. <laughs> good thing we broke away. Overturn a cop car. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't actually recommend no. that. No. Nope. I've never understood this weird thing of celebrating by destroying. Why? Where did that come from? Who was the first to say, hey, you know what we ought to do is set stuff on fire because we're happy? <laughs> <laughs> Why? And, what? And in this case, though, going and ransacking a, a Swedish-owned business. It's Sweden. Come on, man. I know. It wasn't Russia. What are there? 18 people in Sweden? Of course you beat Sweden. You got 80 million, 60 million citizens. 
to their five million, maybe. <clears throat> You've got a lot more soccer player. Of course, I should talk when we've got 320 million here and didn't even qualify. Yeah, who cares? It's soccer. <laughs> I don't care. But Russia finally got beat, right? Yeah, Croatia Somebody, did it too. Croatia. Wow, Croatia. Yeah, how'd that make you feel? There's a, there's a dumpy little mm-hmm. nation. Yep. Beat the host what? country. They shouldn't <clears> have been in the tournament. Yeah, see, again, since you can't avoid all the information about soccer, everywhere I go, I get it, and someone informed me that they were like 78th in the nation, but mm-hmm. or in, in, the world, in the world, ranked, Russia? but they made it because they were the host country, 78? ended up in the final eight. Oh my gosh. But they did well. It showed every time you host something, mm-hmm. something, you know, you're just fired up by the fan. That's why whenever the Olympics is in a host country, the host country always, almost always performs Way better than they ever have before. And that's obviously what happened with Russia here. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know the history of Russia uh, soccer either. Oh. We'll have to. No, I'm not going to look that up. You're either. not? Mm-mm. I, thought you <clears throat> I really don't care. Intrigued. I'm just, I'm very hopeful. It ends this weekend, right? So the sooner <laughs> yes. the better. Yes, it's ending, <clears throat> I think, Sunday-ish or something. It's We're at the end of the line. <clears throat> also, f- we had a uh, Blaze radio poll. From last week, oh, we, were, yeah. we were asking what the more ridiculous story of the show uh, of the day was. Mm-hmm. Was it the terror group that b- the banned single-use plastic bags, or was it the poop clogging U.S. sidewalks in San Francisco? <laughs> and I mean, it was a lot of poop. <laughs> in one case, it was a 20-pound bag of it. Uh, uh, San Francisco. I don't know what's happened to that city. Well, liberalism has happened to that city. Mm-hmm. Progressivism. So what was the poll question poll on Twitter at Pat Unleashed? 58 to 42, the terror group banning plastic. Wow. Over the poop clogging U.S. streets. 58, 42%. It was close, though. It was so, fairly close. So I'm, I, I tell you what, I'll put the money on this right here. The poop in the streets will mm-hmm. get a higher percentage of votes than Beto O'Rourke. Beto? Beto's the king of Hispanics. <laughs> You know, even though he is uh, is whiter than me, uh-huh. but they call him Beto. 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 It's a nickname for Hispanics, even though he is Irish-American. Robert Francis O'Rourke. All right. We'll uh, <laughs> see you back here uh, bright and early tomorrow for more Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.